New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Danielle McCartney. Sports fans, I am Danielle McCartan, and today we're going to call this one, oh yeah, Danielle in the daytime. I am, uh, of course, the super utility around these parts here, and I'll be talking all things New York sports with you up until 6 p.m. here in New York City and beyond. So whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the next, count them, five hours. Whether that be on your car radio, streaming from WFAN.com, or on our free Odyssey app. And of course, as always, we are live here in the Big Apple. Paulie Rosenberg and I from the Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan. Go ahead, 877-337-6666. Let's start dialing. You already know that number, of course. It's already in your, saved into your, your speed dials. Taking your calls right here in this first segment, if we can, to get aboard. And if you follow me on social media at Coach McCartan and uh, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan, you saw that I earned a, a credential for the Devils Flyers game about last night, the Stadium Series game. So I got to say, I mean, man, I, I finally found an event that MetLife Stadium is built for, and it is hockey back in the Meadowlands, and there was nothing, nothing like it. Um, and we've got plenty of time. To talk about that today, some behind-the-scenes stuff from what I experienced. Uh, I, I got my my audio from the pregame press conference, my post-game interviews with uh, Eric Howla and, and Brendan Smith. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're on your way to the Meadowlands right now, or, I don't know, maybe you're one of the thousands, I'm not joking, thousands of people that are there in the, t- in the parking lot tailgating right this moment, call me up, let me know. Uh, but uh, have such a fun time. Ra- Rangers, Islanders, of course, 3 p.m. today. It was such an amazing experience last night. Uh, we could talk about that moving forward. And, and the word to the wise, um, I, and I know the Devils game was a little um, lopsided last night, and I, I'm sure that alleviated some of the traffic leaving that stadium, but I stayed for the post-game interviews. I, I was there a long time after that game ended, and it was a traffic nightmare. So just be forewarned, all right? So, of course, I've watched important press conferences this week, even was part of a few of them last night. But I I watched none more important than these two. I watched Tuesday's Small Market Stearns one. And exactly, exactly 24 hours ago, I tuned into Pete Alonzo's. And the message that I took away from each of them regarding the contract status of one of the premier bats in the entire league, my takeaway, total opposites. Like, someone is not telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, or however that goes. But listen for yourself. And I apologize because I don't recognize the voice of the reporter who asked the question, but it was a fantastic one. So, Paul, let's go ahead and roll Pete Alonzo's from yesterday. When you were talking about how uh, the only conversation was about the one-year deal that you settled in January, did you want the team to come to you? Did you welcome that? Did Scott? Yeah, tell you to? I mean, I mean, we. Uh, I know it's Scott made a pun during the winter meetings, um, but I mean, I've yeah, we just sat back and listened, and definitely we 
we we welcome conversation. It's just that the only conversation we had it was about the uh, the one year deal. But hey, listen, like I'm I'm stoked to I'm stoked to be here. I'm really really excited, and I mean I'm I'm proud to play for New York. I'm proud to be a Met. So it's it's really like I'm uh, yeah, it's a blessing because it's a it's a great place to be. It's a great fan base, and I, I mean I can't I. Love it here. It's great. All right. So we'll react to that in a second. And and that's from the Mets YouTube channel. And, you know, so that it's fresh, right? You just heard everything he said. I wanted you to play you the contrasting message that small market Stearns conveyed from Tuesday. Now, before we hit play, you have to envision something. It's David Stearns sitting up there on stage with not one, but two collared gray shirts on and this, like, bemused like smug grin on his face throughout the entire answer it's it to me it's not a good look but here we go directly from mlb film room when you have a really talented player who's really good who's entering his final year of club control who happens to be represented by scott boris um these things generally end up uh into free agency and we understand that this is an organization that's dealt with that before with really good players um, and it's ended up in a perfectly fine spot. So, uh, yeah, I have not seen Pete here yet. Haven't talked to him here yeah, yet. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, so I, I'm no detective, right? But these two responses don't align. You've got a grinning small market stern saying, quote, these things generally end up into free agency, and we understand that. Let's go out and have a great year together, and if we do that, we'll be set up really well going into the offseason. That's a quote from, from Stearns. And You've got the premier homegrown player talking about how during the winter meetings, the only thing discussed was a one-year deal, a.k.a. the final year of team control left on his contract. It seemed to me that Alonzo and, you know, rep by Boris wanted to get it done. It seemed to me that Stearns is, is not willing to. And then Otis Livingston from, from uh, CBS, he asked a good question. And Pete responded, he said, I love it here. I definitely have envisioned myself being a lifelong Met. It's something I definitely thought about. I love New York. It's a very special place for my family and I. I definitely welcome the idea, but I can't predict the future. Well, listen, you wouldn't have to predict the future if small market Stearns operated in the same way the GM of the Atlanta Braves operates. Like, pay your nucleus guys before. Before they get to this point, before they're eligible to hit free agency, keep them happy. Keep the locker room harmonious in the process. It's not that difficult. And and it, if you imagine Pete Alonso as a brave right now, the Braves would have made him deservedly so a brave for life by now. You don't think the, these these contract or these maybe trade rumors are, are going to wreak havoc inside that clubhouse for a brand new rookie manager? I mean, the first six minutes of that press conference, the first media availability of the, the, the winter, the spring for Pete Alonso, the first six or seven minutes. I watched live. Every question was about his contract. Every question was about him potentially being traded midseason. This is going to be a year-long distraction, and it is set up by David Stearns. And Pete said of the winter meetings, he said, Quote, we just sat back and listened. We welcome conversation. It's just that the only conversation we had was about the one-year deal. I mean, come, really? A longer extension wasn't broached? Especially by the Mets to, to present him with something? This treatment of Pete Alonso is egregiously bad. Like, David Stearns, you really screwed this up bad. 
So what is it? I, I, is it the money? I mean, really? Like, if the Dodgers can go out there and pay every single free agent in the world, why can't the Mets? I mean, this King Cohen who? I mean, King Cohen. I've always, First of all, I always hated that nickname. And I also think it's weird when, like, grown people call him Uncle Stevie. But nevertheless, Steve Cohen is the richest owner, not I don't, if not in professional sports, for sure in baseball. Definitely in baseball. So if the Dodgers can do it, why can't the Mets afford him? Because maybe it's me that's confused. But I thought money was no object to Steve Cohen. And I can't believe if if you do, in fact, think it's the money. If you're sitting there listening to my show right now, <clears throat> excuse me, ready to call me up at 877-337-6666, and you're like, Danielle, duh, it's about the money. Like, I can't believe that this is where Steve Cohen would go ahead and start cutting corners financially with this team, with Pete Alonzo, who should be named team captain. Because if I'm him, and I ta- we talked about this all the way back. I looked. September, we talked about this. I said, if I'm Pete Alonzo, I'm sitting back, and I'm going to watch all of the new deals that were just extended to so many of my teammates recently. Let's go through it. Brandon Nimmo, eight years, 162 mil. Jeff McNeil, four years, with a club option for the fifth, at 50 million. Edwin Diaz, five years, 102. I And then if I'm Pete Alonzo, I was also there to watch... Francisco Lindor get the largest extension in Mets history, which was 10 years, 341 mil. And and then I watched, if I'm Pete Alonso, I I watched the Mets bring in and send right back out Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. If I'm Pete Alonso, I saw Steve Cohen essentially just buy three prospects in those deals for $88 million. So why not? Why is there no piece of the puzzle cut out for Pete Alonzo? So if it's not the money, I mean, what else could it be? So this morning I'm sitting, I'm like, well, what else could it be? Maybe it's the fact that the Mets have no long-term plans for Pete Alonzo. Like, are you joking? Alonzo hit the third most home runs in the league last season, and I am well aware that baseball is more than just home runs. Believe me. But if you take Pete Alonso's bat out of this Mets lineup, you have nobody, not a single player in that lineup that can hit consistent home runs on a day-in, day-out basis. Nobody. So it's hard for me to get excited about this upcoming Mets season. Like, especially if Pete Alonso is not going to be a major part of it, because I'm telling you, if they if he is not on this roster either or and or after the trade deadline this season or after this season, the dark ages for the Mets, they are coming. And then you could say, oh, well, you know, he's just a first baseman. He's only a first baseman. Yeah, I know. I've heard that one before. But how about, let's just envision it this way. When he's done playing defense at first base, when he can no longer play defense at first base, which is, by the way, not shortstop, not second base, not center field, not in corner outfield position. It's first base where they put people that are ready to retire to go to learn to play. Okay? So let's just say during the length of the contract, I don't know, five years from now, Pete Alonso's like, okay, I can't I, I can't 
play defense at first base anymore. Then, well, here's here's a rocket science move here. He becomes your designated hitter, a position that the Mets, after these years, that the DH is part of, and we knew that the DH was going to be part of the National League. The Mets can't seem to figure it out. Daniel Vogelback. Boom, that guy's the answer. Bring him in. Now, did you see? The Mets have G-Man Choi coming in. Like, I looked. It took me all of 3.2 seconds, and I looked at what G-Man Choi can do. He's not even Daniel Vogelback 2.0. He's actually worse. He's worse. So since you don't have a plan, maybe that's got to be it. And you're going into this season right now, today, and the Mets, to me, whereas the Yankees don't seem satisfied, the Mets, to me, seem like they're satisfied. They've zipped the Ziploc on the Ziploc bag, and they're like, no, we don't need anything else. We don't need anything more. They plan, they actually plan to go into the season with Mark Vientos as the DH. You know what I say to that? Good luck. So then I started thinking, okay, well, then, who is or what is the best first baseman comp that, you know, has been sort of recent? Rizzo? No, because at this point, he's too old. He's too injured. So I ended up taking a really hard look at Freddie Freeman, who was, at that time, a homegrown Brave. He ended up signing with the Dodgers. At 32 years old, that happened. Freddie Freeman was 32 when he signed that six-year, $162 million deal with the Dodgers. Some quick math. That's an AAV, annual value, of $27 million per year. Okay. Pete Alonso's birthday's in December, early December. So we can surmise, you and I, that he'll probably most likely be 30 years old at the time that he signs his next contract, right? Unless it happens lickety-split right away, right after the World Series. I doubt it. So let's say he'll be 30. I would start, if I'm the Mets, by offering Pete a a similar deal to Freddie Freeman. Is he as good as him? Probably not. But that was also a few years ago now. And Pete is that same homegrown player that, you know, what you know about him is that he does not wilt under the bright lights of New York. He can help you long term, not just as a first baseman, but as a designated hitter. And then, you know, I think in it, what I believe is that the Braves only allowed Freeman to walk because lucky for them, they were able to cover their tracks. They were able to lessen the blow of losing Freddie Freeman by bringing in Matt Olson. But I challenge you, you listening right now, who better are the Mets going to find? Because, of course, I looked. First, I looked internally. Okay, that's where you should always start, look first. You always should look internally to fill in a, full, a hole or a vacancy. Always internally first. I looked at the depth chart at first base for the Mets. It's bare. It is bare. The only other first baseman listed, you guessed it, the guy who's supposed to be playing DH, Mark Vientos. I mean, come on. Then, okay, since you can never actually predict trades, you can never actually predict disgruntled players at you know, in February, I took a look at the 2025 free agent class. Oh, here he is again, Anthony Rizzo, with that neck and that back and all the concussions and the whole thing. For, for how much money on a new deal? Now, I, if I'm the Mets, I'm passing on Rizzo. Okay, you look at the 2025 free agent first base class. A 37-year-old Paul Goldschmidt 
Yeah, pass. You also got Josh Bell out there. Okay, well, he's expected his market value already is set to be about $4 million cheaper per year than Pete Alonso. Is he as good as him? No, probably not. But would you bring him in just to save $4 million a year? I mean, maybe small market Stearns would do that. I don't know. But I know I would not. Because this is exactly what you get when you have total turnover on this roster. A tumultuous turnover of this roster. You have two managers now in, in the Steve Cohen tenure. Two different managers. You've got turnover. Two different general managers. This is the result of that. No long-term plan. And unfortunately, in my heart of hearts, I think it is going to cost the Mets. I think it is going to cost the Mets their and their, their fans. Their most popular homegrown, one of them, homegrown players. The top premier power hitter, that is Pete Alonso. I cannot believe, honestly, that the Mets and this King Cohen fictional character played hardball with Pete Alonso. They allowed his his small market general manager to go and play hardball with Pete Alonso this winter. I mean, what a total swing and miss strategy that is. Alonso needs to be a Met. Stop the games. But I, I think it's too late. But maybe not. Because Pete said yesterday about kind of sort of, and these are my words, breaking the, the Boris protocol about negotiating during the season. He said, for me, there's quote, and this is the actual quote, there's no real standard, I guess. For me, I'm just sitting back and listening. There's no pressure. I'm just sitting back and listening. That's what Alonzo said. So the only savior for David Stearns is that Pete Alonzo loves being here in New York so much that he seems open to breaking that Boris protocol. And I got that out of yesterday, too. If there's a glimmer of hope, is that Pete Alonso is slightly leaving that door ajar. Slightly. A sliver. So David Stearns, you need to wake up and you need to kick it in. Stop playing games. You need to get a deal done now. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Daniel McCartan with you till 6 p.m. I don't want to say that there's bad blood between Pete Alonzo and David Stearns. I don't think there is. I just don't understand why they haven't yet had a conversation about him being a Met beyond this season. Pete Alonzo confirmed it just yesterday. That part I don't understand. Is it the money? It can't be. Is it the fact that they don't have a long-term plan? It's got to be that due to the, the, the turnover that that organization has seen at the player level all the way up to the general manager's office under Steve Cohen. To me, that that's what I'm going to point to. But they can't let Pete Alonso fall through the cracks. 877-337-6666. We go in the order that you call to Rich in Westchester. You are the leadoff caller of the day, Rich. What's on your mind? Awesome. First time, long time. Oh, uh, thanks. Love you. your show. Thank you. I'm with you 150%. I'm a big Alonzo advocator. Um, this Stern is making a big mistake, and there's going to be a big uproar 
especially for us season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother have been season ticket holders for the longest. So, so um, all right. So, Rich, if if Pete Alonso is not a Met next season, will you renew your season tickets or not? I will not renew it. Really? Absolutely not. All right. And, and, Unequivocally not. Okay. And what's the message we you want Steve Cohen to hear right now? We need positive personality. Okay. They're talking about personalities in the clubhouse. We need him there. There needs to be a C. He's a humble guy. Okay. He works hard. Mm-hmm. Stern needs to get his head out of blank <laughs> and get it together. Because his favorability is going down as the days move along. Yeah. Danielle, I wish I could hear you more. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Thank you. I'm a crazy Mets fan. Crazy in a good way, of course. Yes, but, of course. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll be back. I'm uh, not expecting that much this year. You know what? That's a shame. Because so complacent. Yep, and that's such a shame for a big market team. You know that? It's such a shame. Yes, ma'am. And, uh... I just want them to keep me. I think Pete, like you said, left the door ajar a little bit. Yep. Yesterday. Um, yeah. And I'm hoping and praying that he stays, that Stearns can be humbled and understand how much we all love Pete. Right. And how much this guy can make a big, giant dent in this Met history. Yep. Exactly right. Um, I had one more comment. Go ahead. I know there's others waiting to talk to you. Go ahead. Well, how would you feel about Jet giving Jet Williams a shot this spring at third to compete with Beatty? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, then that's a good question there, Rich. And, and by the way, and I'll answer that. Hang up, I'll answer. Because he can play third as well. Right. All right, Rich, and thanks for the call there. Yeah, I'll be back on next Saturday. I think it's a 5 p.m. to like 7.30 or something like that, p.m., so you can call me back then. Yeah, but giving giving Jet Williams a chance, I mean, listen, let's. I'm about to hold tryouts on my own field for, for Mets third base. Like, come down, come to Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. I'm going to have a tryouts for the Mets third baseman because Brett Beatty, I, I hope he worked his ass off this offseason. He, at the end of last season, was not it for me. I think I think I had seen a big enough sample size of Brett Beatty to know he's not it. So if anybody else can step right up and play third base for the Mets, go ahead. Go book your ticket down to Port St. Lucie, pack your glove, pack a Mets hat, and a, and a T-shirt with your last name on it, and you'll blend right in. They wouldn't even know the difference, okay? Uh, me, you, anybody going in there to play third base. I mean, I remember last year, I was on the radio when it happened. There was a fly ball, pop fly, hit, hit to, to Brett Beatty at third base. Straight up. He, he misjudged it so badly that he fell to the ground. I mean, are we watching Little League Baseball or Major League Baseball? I'm not sure. They tried saying, on the, oh, the wind took it. The wind took it. That's when I say when I shoot pieces of paper into the, the garbage can in my classroom. The wind took it. And, you know, when I miss, <laughs> the wind took it. Kids laugh. It's a, you know. But, man, anybody but Brett Beatty. So, like, I, like you were alluding to, the Mets are rolling into the season. Without a third baseman, the Mets are rolling into the season without a designated. It's 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 the 18th of February, and they've got a huge question mark with the biggest star in their team. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We go to Ed in Marlboro, New New Jersey. Isn't that Jersey? 
No, it's Marlboro, New York. Oh, there is. I didn't know there was one up there. All right, what's going on? What's on your mind, Ed? Nothing, nothing much. Uh, first of all, I agree with everything you've said so far. I've been a Met fan since they first started. That's how old I am. Uh-huh. And I have three generations of Met fans. My six-year-old grandson said to me the other day, if they trade Pete Alonso, he's not watching the Mets anymore. Wow. I mean, that's the, that's the way it is. I mean, six years old. Yep. He love, He has a tape that says, I love when the, when the polar bear goes long. He, I mean, he just adores the guy. Yeah. And then we're talking three generations. I have two sons. I have four grandsons. They all, they all support the Mets. But I don't think I'm going to be able to keep them all on board if they trade Alonzo. Yeah. Where are you going to replace 40 home runs and That's 120 right. RBIs? I looked. Ed, you, you know what the answer is? That? Ed, the answer is nowhere. That's the answer. Right. I don't care what prospects you get. That's not going to be a Pete Alonzo. Right. He's a proven entity. Right. He know, you know what you got. He's going to give you 40 homers, 120 RBIs. Yep. Is he going to hit 300? No. But he's not there to hit 300. Yep. You know, I, I don't understand this guy what he's doing to him, he's only, you know, waiting longer is only going to make it worse. That's right. Let's sign him and get him signed. Yep. And you know what I wanted to do the other day? And thanks for your call there, Ed. Um, I wanted to place a bet on Pete Alonso to be the NL MVP because I think that's how pissed off he is. And I think he can go out there and I think he could dominate. He was talking about uh, just the other day, someone said, okay, what do you want to improve upon? He said, you know, I want to improve upon my strike zone uh, discipline. My, you know, I'm paraphrasing this, but my strike zone discipline. Not that I was, you know, striking out a lot, a lot last year, but it was more than my liking. And I don't want to be chasing pitches as much as I did last year, this year. So, I mean, the guy's got it. I mean, listen, I looked. I, I told you, I looked. Where are you going to replace his productivity in that lineup? Where? It's not internally, because the only other first baseman listed is Mark Vientos. Free agent class of 2025, Rizzo, with those injuries, no. Goldschmidt, he'll be 37. And is it Josh Bell, just to save about $4 million a year? No, the answer is no. We go to Steve in West Islip. What's going on, Steve? Hi, Danielle. How are you? I, I'm great. Um, listen, I think we're missing the obvious. They're dealing with Scott Boros as the agent. They probably have an understanding that said you want to get maximum value for your client, test the free agent uh, market, and whatever it is, we'll top it. And that's it. They have that understanding. That's why he's going to be a Met. Nobody seems upset. Nobody's getting crazy because they already know what's going to happen. And, but what is it? You, what does your crystal ball say? My crystal ball is he's going to test whatever the uh, free agent market says. The Mets will match it, and he'll be a Met forever. Hmm. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would take that. Uh, if, if I'm the Mets, I don't know if I would take that point of view. Because what if it's the Yankees that win the World Series this year and then offer him a deal because Rizzo won't be around? What if it? What if it is the Yankees? You know, what if it's whatever team ends up winning the World Series that wants him? You think it he's gonna? Yeah, but you think he's gonna like how how the Mets have disrespected him? In my opinion, all throughout. Right, this whole process. Do you think he's gonna be like, you know what? Yeah, like like a you know like a wounded animal. Hey, yeah, you know what? I will go back to him. No, he's gonna want to join a team that that just won and can win again, and he can help win again. And that's my fear. I don't think they're disrespecting him at all. I think they've already told him we're gonna match whatever your value is. We're gonna pay you the top price. So don't worry about it. Uh, Yeah, Steve. I don't know because for me, if I'm the Mets, I would be worried that he would bolt elsewhere, bolt to a winning team. Because let's be honest, the Mets are not a winning team this year. 
They weren't last year. They won one game in the postseason the year before that. Just one. All those wins and one one game, one postseason game to show for it. The Mets are they're not they're not a winning team. So if I'm Pete Alonso and I've got let's say let's throw out a number, I don't even know. Let, let a nice round a hundred million dollars. I, I the Yankees are offering me a hundred million dollars. The Dodgers are offering me a hundred million dollars. The the Mets are offering me a hundred million dollars. Which would you pick? I would pick the best team if if the money's all the same. Me personally, I would pick the team that has the best chance to win. And where where the Mets are right now, it's out of any of the options, it's not them. I think the another question that we have to that we don't know the answer to, and only Pete does is how much is money playing a factor in his decision, That's true. right? How much is it money? How much of what he says when he says yesterday, I thinking about being a lifelong Met. He's such a good Met man in the community, the mm-hmm. animal shelter of donation, course. all wonderful things. The nine eleven stuff. How much of what he's saying about how much he really wants to be a Met? Can we believe? And it's tough. I'm not calling him a liar because we have to take everyone at face value, right? So I just don't know how much of that we're supposed to believe. I also don't think it's fair to assume that Steve Cohen and David Stearns can give Alonzo a blank check. He's going to want, he's gonna, probably going to want to be a top two or three paid first baseman in all of baseball. But why shouldn't he be? I mean, you're putting him up there with Bryce Harper, Matt Olson. Freddie Freeman, like those are the types of guys. Yeah. So it's a question of, and if Stearns thinks that Alonzo's future is going to be probably a DH, are you, is he comfortable paying a DH that much money per year? I, I honestly think that's probably what he's thinking as well. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's wrong know. or right though. I, 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 I think it's just making a decision, just like Steve Cohen made a decision. He tried to buy a World Series, it didn't work. He changed his thinking. He's now going a little Tampa Bay Rays-ish strategy. And I don't know if that's going to work either. But to do it with a guy and play games with a guy like Pete Alonso, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I I, I understand it. And I I get Mets fans' love for the guy. He could go down as one of the best homegrown Mets. And I don't usually get attached to the homegrown thing Mm -hmm. because they don't care about me. Why do I care about them? And that's my, like, old negative thinking, right? So I normally don't don't put too much credence into that. But I get it from Mets fans' perspectives. They don't want to see Alonzo go when he has repeatedly said, I want to be a Met. Yeah. They don't want to see him go to the Cubs or to the Angels, or to the Astros, or to the Yankees, or to any other team, and succeed. They can't, their brains wouldn't be able to process that. And if that's the case, and we'll hit the break here in a second, but if that's the case, David Stearns, as one of the callers just said, his credibility is taking a hit every single day. And if I'm him, and I'm I'm the new guy in town, I'm getting that deal done. 877-337-6666. I'm doing it now, rather than later. Like, right now, like, open up the pen, sit down with a piece of paper, and figure it out. Do it like the Braves do. Because, and when you think about it, the Mets, they're not they're not going to be winning. Look at the three other teams in their division, well, other than the Nationals. The Braves, the Phillies, and the Marlins. They all made the postseason last year. Tell me, where are the Mets going to break in? A wild card game? I mean, maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. So it's it's the the difference between like you said, how much does money mean to Pete Alonso versus how much does winning mean to Pete Alonso, and only he can answer that. But for me, 
that's generational money no matter which way you slice it. For me personally, I'm going where I have the best chance to win and win continuously. And it's not in Queens. 877-337-6666. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Testaverde will take the snap, go to one knee. This game is over. The Jets lock up their first playoff appearance since 1991 on a 21-16 victory over the Miami Dolphins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. With you until 6. Uh, I'm actually putting up a poll as we speak on Twitter at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Sorry if I have any misspellings. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to fit this last choice in here. Um, my, my question to you is, what is your confidence level? Um, here it is. I got it. Okay. So my question is, what is your confidence level that Alonzo will be a Met beyond this season? And I put the two quotes from Alonzo. Uh, and Stearns on there that I opened with, and my, the choices are supremely confident, and eh, probably, and eh, probably not, and definitely won't be a Met. It's up for an hour. Go ahead and get your votes in because my 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 perspective and, and what I think, if I had a vote in my own poll, I would say, eh, probably not. You've got luxury tax, uh, you know, thresholds that that Steve Cohen was failed to, to navigate around. And it, it's unfortunate that Pete Alonso has to be the sacrificial lamb, if if that's the point of view. That they're going to have to let him go because they, they can't afford. Imagine the richest owner in all of baseball can't afford a homegrown talent. Come on, man. All right, in the order that you called, we go to uh, Andrew in Belmar. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, how you doing today? Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. So I had a couple things to say. First of all, I wanted to say about the Mets. I think it's pretty clear that this year they don't really have any plans to win anything. Yep. It's very obvious from the moves they're doing. It's like a year off they're taking this year. Which is amazing for a major market team, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that we agree to that line of thought, but that's clearly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So being that that's what they're doing, I think it actually does make a little bit of sense that they don't have, they don't have the pressure to get, to get Pete Alonso to sign right now because they don't really value Pete Alonso that high because analytically he's not so valuable. Because all he does is hit home runs. Everything else is not a good first baseman. No. Everything else is not good. He's not. I mean, you might say you might the fans like him, but just as pure numbers, he's a power hitter. That's it. And, and I'm a numbers Everything, person, so um, I, I think he's up the upper echelon of first baseman around the league. Well, he's not a good. He's not a good fielder. No. Really? He's not a great. He's not a great fielder. He's not worth big money. I no? would rather put big money somewhere else. Oh my so, god! So now, all right, so, so all right, hold on a second. Team, so let's look at some numbers. Who would you consider to be? A great defensive first baseman. Well, with big money, Freddie Freeman's really good. Matt Olson's really good. All right, let's take Freeman. You said Freeman first. Let's take Freeman. Okay, let's compare the stats here for Freeman mm-hmm. and for Alonzo. Let's see. Uh, I got to find – you know, defense is never is never up it's here. Hard to, but it's, it's the eye test. I, I would take Freddie Freeman any, yeah, but, over, okay, over is it the any eye, day. But is it the eye test or is it the numbers? Because now, now you're trying to make both both here. No, uh, well, defense is – well, defense is you, – there's numbers to back it, you know. But but I'm saying just, just when you look at it, who, who would you rather at first? Forget about the, forget about the offense. Defense, if, everything, everything else considered, I would take Freddie Freeman, yes. But Freddie Freeman's right, not so available to the Mets. To that. 
And you go, Pete Alonso's not a great fielder. You know, he's a great home run hitter. Not nah, like a see, one-trick pony. But, but that's what we did. No, we disagree on the fact that Pete Alonso is a one-trick pony. We disagree on that. No, the guy can't steal bases. <laughs> no, he can't run them. He does at times hit for average, but he is a premier. He is the premier hit, power hitter in the Mets lineup. You take him out. Who are you putting in there, Andrew? Who are you replacing him with? As a power hitter, I don't have anyone specifically to replace exactly. him with. Exactly. That's but, the point. That's the point I'm but, trying to make. But if he wants money like Judge, he wants big-time money, right? Do you think it's worth it for, to give him that? I don't think he's going to ask for Judge money. He, the comparables it, is Freddie Freeman. He's the comp. And it's I, not I think Judge he wants money. more than that. I think, I, I, I think the reason why they didn't have anything done is because he looks at himself much closer to Judge than he does to someone like Freddie Freeman contract. Well, that's that, what I think the issue is. But, Andrew, that's speculation. You're, you're not in that room. I'm not in that room. Well, we I'm don't not know. there, but that's just you what I You could be think. right. You could be right. I'm not there. You're not there. But if right. I'm, I'm looking at the comparables, like when you go to buy a house, you look at all the different comparables right. of the same sort of house. I'm looking at right, first basemen, not right fielders. Right, I get that. But you're alleging that the Mets are not being fair to him. If, let's say, it's true that he wants big-time money like Judge, and the Mets are being what's, doing what's smart. If that's true, well, you, we don't, you don't know either. But Andrew, here, here's what I know. But here's what I know. From the press conference this time, literally this time yesterday, he said that all they were open to, all the Mets were open to talking about was the one-year deal, the play out the rest of this year. Stern said it on Tuesday. Alonso said it yesterday. Why were there not longer conversations? They don't even have a number, that tells me. They don't even have a number of years. They don't have a dollar sign in front of Like That's what that tells me. Why not? Is the question. I think it's because Boris made it clear that long-term he wants big-time money. And they're not willing to even talk about that. Now, like I said, it's an off-year this year for them, so they don't want to deal with that. They're not going to give a long-term commitment for big-time money. It doesn't make sense for them. I think that's what's smart. It sucks for the fans, but, but, but I think it makes sense. I see, Andrew, and that's where we disagree. We'll, we'll leave it there. That's where we disagree. I think, I, I think the Mets need Alonzo because if they don't have Alonzo, it's going to be an off-decade for crying out loud. Where are you going to get and replace the production? That's the crux of the argument. You let him walk? Fine. You know what? I'm okay with it. Like the Braves, let Freddie Friedman go. Yet they had Matt Olson slide in right behind him. There, there was no, there was no um, like drop off. There was no drop off between Freeman and Olson. Right? None. In fact, Olson might even be better than Freeman in a couple different categories, statistically speaking. But the Mets don't have the Olsen once Alonzo goes. They don't have that guy. It's not That guy is not on their roster because I checked. That guy is not in the 2025 free agent class because I checked. So, therefore, they need to have they, – how am I looking out long, more long-term for the Mets than they are? 877 Line two is Jennifer and Merrick. What's what's going on, Jennifer? Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, good, good. I'm calling because if they drop Alonzo, um, I'm going to cut the cable, first of all, and then I'm going to force my husband to spend more time with me. Oh, no. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's, for me, good. Him, bad. <laughs> is he a Yankee fan? No, he's a Mets fan. Oh, so I guess uh, I don't know how that would be a bad thing for him. No, I don't know either. <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, we have SNY is going to start to suffer. SNY is going to start to suffer now. People are cutting the cable. So th- th- think about, well, actually think about that. Think about SNY, people subscribing to SNY, you know, this, the extra sports packages that everybody pays for, right? 
Think about jersey sales. Think about those six-year-old kids coming to the stadium on a Sunday afternoon to see Pete Alonzo. Think about the giveaways that the Pete Alonzo bobbleheads, the polar bear apparel, all that. Gone. Just gone. All of it. So so Pete Alonzo actually means more to the Mets than I think David Stearns actually realizes. And I think he fumbled the bag. I think it's too late. But the only hope I'm holding on to is that Pete Alonzo kind of left the door open a little bit, a crack, for an in-season negotiation. And David Stearns, I don't care if this is a down year, an out year, Pete Alonso is going to bring people to your ballpark. I don't know if you realize that or not. And if he's gone, if he's not on this roster, let's say after the trade deadline or, or even after the end of this season, I mean, it's it's the start of a dark decade for the Mets. I'm sorry. It, it, it's going to be. We go to Jamie in Long Beach. What's going on, Jamie? Hey, Danielle. I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you. Can you and and I, I want to get on talk about these Mets. I've been a Met fan since 1967. Mm-hmm. I'm 65 years old. And if Pete Alonso doesn't sign with the Mets, I personally will still watch the Mets because I'm a Mets fan. And I was listening yesterday to, forgive me, Joe Beningo, and everybody's all down down. I have inside information. I'm just letting you know that. The Mets are going to trade Pete Alonso, and they're going to learn from the Yankees, and they're going to do a Chapman move where he's going to sign next year, and the deal is in place. So remember this day when you spoke to me today that, no, they're not going to sign Pete Alonso this year, but they are next year. All right, so, Jamie, and, um, here's the question here, because I'm all about accountability and, and transparency. Um, you say you got a source. You say you have inside information. What is it? You want me to tell you the man's name? I can't do that. Well, then I don't know. I, I, I don't do know that, if I but, can believe you. Then, okay. So let's just talk about the Mets. For, let's get away from that subject for one minute, if I'm permitted. Am I, Daniel? Okay, go ahead. Okay, so you see signs where like the Mets don't have a DH and they don't have a third baseman, as you pointed out. Mm-hmm. I want the George Solar. You know, I want this. You know, we all as Mets fans, we want something. Show us something. Yes. I don't know. Maybe I'm a, a cautiously optimistic person in life. I believe in positivity, but. This guy Stearns was hired for two reasons. One, because he is supposedly had a reputation of being good. But two, it was to camouflage the problem that we had with Epler doing what he did that he's getting in trouble for, correct? The injury stuff? Right, correct. And So, as far as Pete goes of being rated in first baseman, I make him number three in all of baseball. Uh, I don't. I don't consider Bryce Harper a first baseman. He's an outfielder, and he gets hurt a lot. Yeah, he, he does great. Get hurt a lot. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. but Pete is durable. I agree with everything that you said about yep. Pete. I want him to be a Met. It's great for uh, for PR. It's great for the clubhouse. But how many guys? You know, I've been watching before Dave Kingman. You know, mm-hmm. and Kingman couldn't hit two hundred. Pete's going to hit better too. The guy hit. All the home runs he did in RBIs yep. with a negative environment in the clubhouse That's this right. year. And, so, so and that, Jamie, let me add on to that. With n- zero protection in that lineup before him or after him. Zero. 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 Uh, yeah, I just heard Vogelback was signed by the by Toronto. Yeah, good. But, let him uh, clog up their bases. At least oh he's, God, at least he's out, of, out of Queens. Listen, I, I totally, you know, New York doesn't allow, Mets and Yankees doesn't allow until lately, you know, some of your, your prospects to blossom. I understand that, but we've got too, too many holes. <clears throat> so, I don't know. I have faith, but I really don't understand. I've never seen this in my 65 years of Montgomery and Snell 
and Bellinger not being signed yeah. at this late in the season. I know. So there's something going on. Yes. And uh, I really believe that, you know, whoever waits too long for these prices to drop, I think the Yankees are probably going to get snow. But I don't I understand agree. why the Mets haven't made an offer for Montgomery, a lefty yep. like him, you know? I, Jamie, I, I don't know. I got the same question you do. I mean, it is so egregious and, and kind of like a slap in the face that, that this guy, David Stearns, is not going, like, preemptively going out and getting anybody to just help this team out maybe a little bit. Because as it stands right now, this team is not a postseason team. Don't let what Lindor said fool you. Don't let what Alonzo said fool you yesterday. I mean, this is not a playoff team, especially in that division. They're not going to win the division. That's for sure. And when you got to play teams like, you know, the the Braves and the Phillies, who made it to the NLCS, by the way, Game 7, and the Marlins, you know, that's a big chunk of your schedule. With that pitching rotation, I mean, it's how many wins are you looking for? What's the over-under number on that? Whatever it is, I'm taking the under. Sorry, I, I have to. There's just not a lot to get excited about for this Mets season this year. Let's go Billy and Merrick. What's going on, Billy? Hey, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm getting a little tired of these uh, fake Mets fans and their, and their stats and their hate on Pete Alonso. I mean, we're talking about a top 15 defensive first baseman and a top offensive yep. five, top five first baseman. Yep. And we just want to forget about him and give him away. He's gotten better every year. That's right. At defense, at first base. Well, why? I don't know where these people think he's not a good defensive first baseman. He's gotten better and better. And for the last caller that said, we're going to trade him at the deadline and then get him back next year, you don't do that to somebody who hits 50 home runs and knocks in 130 RBIs. Maybe a relief pitcher that happens to. Yeah, maybe. But You're right. That, that guy, it's not going to happen. In my heart of hearts, I'm a diehead fan. Uh, I work for the city. He's visited firehouses, he visited uh, police precincts, yep. he's a man of the people in New York, Yep. I have full belief he's coming back. And it won't be, they're going to pay, but I fully believe he'll be coming back. Oh man, see, I, you had me up until you think he's coming back. I, I don't, I, I don't do. think so. I, I, I just, I think he wants to be a, a big personality. I think he wants to be the Alonzo versus the judge, who is the Maybe he can get there. You know, who's the king of the, you know, obviously judges right now. But yeah, maybe he wants, you know, that side of New York, you know, to carry on his shoulders. Yep. And you know what, Billy? And, and, and people, it's like low-hanging fruit to pick on his defense. You know that? Because when, oh, man, he, he was still with the Las Vegas 51s. And I was on, I was here. I, I was here before Pete Alonso was here in New York. But... When he was with the Las Vegas 51s, people are picking on him. The narrative was the the defense, the defense, the defense. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. The, the guys, like, I, I always go a little bit deeper, you know. And, and I looked, and he won a defensive award for first baseman when he was with the Las Vegas 51s. So, obviously, I, I'm going to buck that trend. I mean, you can't be that bad at defense if you won the minor league award for defense effort at your position. Like, I mean, really. So I'm not buying the narrative. You saw him make some diving plays this year. Is is he the top gold glove? You know, no, he's not. But he's not a liability at first base either defensively. 
I, I would I would consider him above average defensively. Average to above average defensively at first base. But the thing is, the Mets can't replace his bat. That is the issue. Quick break. Pete McCarthy update. My name is Daniel McCartan with Diesel 6 here on The Fan. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Mix makes the catch for the touchdown! He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary on the final play of the half. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Back to WFAN. My name is Daniel McCartan. I appreciate you making me and us, Paul Rosenberg and I, part of your Sunday afternoon. It is a it is a beautiful Sunday, actually. Just 38 crisp degrees. And maybe you're headed out to the MetLife Stadium. Maybe you got us on in the tailgate. I appreciate it. Give us a call. I was there last night and it was it was amazing. The stadium series is amazing. More on that in a little bit. Um I've also got Coming up, I'm here till six, so we got time. But I also have like, you know, I I wasn't here this weekend. I I went to the Super Bowl. I worked the Super Bowl, so got some of those stories coming up as well. But you know, I, I think I'd be, and we'll get back, to, of course, to your Pete Alonzo calls. Um, but I, I want to take just a second here. I think I'd be remiss if, if I did not address that 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 senseless shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs parade. And this is not going to turn into an open forum on gun control and politics like it did on my Twitter feed, which I shut down. Um, Just know that. I will hang up on you. But that day was, I mean, we've been to parades before, right? Yankees parades, Giants parades around here recently. Um, But, you know, that day was supposed to be just a day of, like, jubilation and and, and it ended in mass tragedy. So, you know, I just, again, I, I said it on Twitter when it happened, but again, I, I, you know, with the microphone in front of my face, I wanted to offer, you know, my prayers for the victims, my sympathies. And, you know, for those who just, I don't know, just they, they put on their, their Patrick Mahomes jersey, their Travis Kelsey jersey, and, and, and they headed downtown and they just never expected that to happen for their worlds to change. So, you know, and, you know, this insidious thought of mine was, well, you know, I just fear for the next parade, wherever that may be. Maybe in our town. Like, those things are on total lockdown. Like, I've been to them. You can't get close to them, really. So, I don't know. I, I just don't know how this even happened. And, and I'm sure we'll continue to find out more information in the coming days. But, you know, I've got the utmost confidence in law enforcement, including those 800 officers that were on the ground that day in Kansas City. And, you know, also to the, to the heroic fans who, who tackled one of the shooters. Those guys, they, they were not bystanders. They were upstanders. That's the word. So, you know, just keep that in mind, right? So, you know, and, and I don't know how you're going to hate on this, but I'm sure if you're not a fan, you're going to find a way. Um, Taylor Swift donated $100,000 to the GoFundMe of the deceased victim, and she was a radio host. Her name is Lisa Lopez Galvan. And uh, Taylor wrote, I'm sending my deepest sympathies and condolences in the wake of your devastating loss with love, Taylor Swift. You know what? Her donation mobilized me to make an anonymous donation myself when, you know, I didn't even know that the GoFundMe existed. So, and I only knew because she donated. 
So if you would like to contribute to, I mean, just Google. Her name was Lisa Lopez Galvan, G-A-L-V-A-N, GoFundMe. It'll come right up. Um, and I know according to like the actual GoFundMe page, the original goal was $75,000. I just checked on the last commercial break. It's up to 350000 So obviously that's going to go a long way. And um, just, you know, just a sad day, a sad week in Kansas City that I hope, you know, no one ever has to experience again. 877-337-6666. Uh, we go to line five, Ben in Queens. What's up, Ben? Afternoon, Coach. Four things I'm hitting each of the major sports. Firstly, you hit upon the important thing, all right? Thoughts with the, the families recovering from that, and kudos to those fans who tackled the one shooter. Yeah, heroes. And let this be a lesson once again. Folks, any large gathering you got, it doesn't matter what it is, you can't go in, the innocence is gone. Yeah. You can't go into these things thinking, you know, oh, we're going to just have a great time. We don't have to worry about anything. It doesn't have to be sports. Any large gathering, remember, you're there to have fun, but you can't lose all your senses. Yeah, sure. And you have to have an exit plan. But, yeah, go, go ahead, Ben. What's, what's up next? Well, firstly, congrats to the Devils. And, you know, congrats to the Flyer fans, too. Last night was an experience. Yeah. That was a great, by far, that was the best fan attended thing on last night. Because, now here comes the downside. The all-star game, the all-star activity thing, those Indiana fans, those people there, yeah, it's it cost to get rid of the whole thing. You know what, Ben? Well, I didn't get a chance to watch any of it because I was at, at the game last night. But yeah. what I've seen on Twitter, you know, just reactions of, of people, it was it was it was bad. It was bad. I, that's what oh, I'm reading. They the, the the three most cheered people last night. Mm-hmm. Right, the three most cheered people last night. Tyler Halliburton, who did a great job as like the unofficial host. Because he was in three of the events last night, and he was he was trying to get the fans into it. Tyrese Halliburton had his had his work cut out for him. It sounds like, yeah, Sabrina, because all the girls woke up when Sabrina was on versus Curry, mm-hmm. and she did a great accounting of herself. Unlike some guys who get on, oh, why is this here? Why is this here? She had the second highest score of. Any three-point shooter last night. Cool. Lillard yeah. won with uh, 26. Yeah. Won the three-point shooting contest with 26. Sabrina had 26 against Curry. Wow. <laughs> All right. And, and third, the other uh, the other cheered one was the, the kid who won the slam dunk contest, Matt. You know? So yeah. kudos to them. But the problem is now... And the NBA has to realize the three-point shooting contest has now outweighed the, the, dunk. the slam dunk contest. Yeah, that used to be and, so cool. When I was a kid, I used to love the dunk competition. And now it's kind of like you don't have the big stars in it. That I think that's the big thing. Yeah, because, cause, hey, they're more into it for booing the the ra- the, the judges mm-hmm. than they are for the dunk. <laughs> but, but like I said, the kid showed out – He. Showed out, uh, the the dude Jacob Toppin showed out. You know he, he got eliminated. Fo- folks were mad that that he 
topic got eliminated. So that was that. Uh, good luck to the Rangers today. Uh, I don't know about the sun situation, but I can imagine if there's no clouds and the sun's hitting that ice, that's going to be kind of tricky for them. Well, you know what? I will leave. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I, w- I was just going to say, I, I can imagine that, that that would be tricky, but I will leave on this note since we are a bit on baseball. I'm not a Mets fan, okay? But I will say this. Alonzo is one of those stars that you make a town on, okay? If they are going to play hardball with him, it's going to be a cloud over this team all season. The entire As a Yankee season. fan, I saw, just saw it happen with Judge. But here's the thing. Alonzo's the type of dude, and you saw it last year, even when he struggles, he was producing more than people in your lineup. Yep. Well, Ben, so, and that's the thing. That's the thing. People are just, they're not understanding the, the impact or they're, they they refusing to understand the impact of Pete Alonso in, in that lineup, and that's it. They are dead set on his defense sucks. They're dead set on yeah, they can find it elsewhere. They'll bring in Soto, really, because if they're not going to pay Pete Alonso, why would they pay Juan Soto? Like it's it's if if it's in fact the money. Is it the money? Is it the fact that they have no long term plans because they have had so much turnover from from the players that play on the field to the general manager's office? Like what is it? Why, you know, like the I look at the Braves. Everybody applauds the Braves all the time, myself included, too, for, wow, they didn't let their, their key players get to free agency. Wow, they locked them up early. They kept them happy. Everybody's, you know, everybody's hunky-dory. Everybody's in, in, that, in that clubhouse. It, it, it's harmonious. This is going to be, other teammates are going to be asked about it. Brandon Nimmo has the same um, agent, Boris, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to be asked about it. The rookie manager is going to be asked about it. Like, this is, this is, like you said, this is going to be a black cloud over this, over, over City Field for the rest of the season. And that falls squarely on the shoulders of David Stearns because, as Alonzo said yesterday, he kind of alluded to the fact that he wanted to talk beyond this season. And the Mets did not. We go to Jamie in New York. What's going on, Jamie? Hi, Danielle. Long time caller. Uh, totally agree about your, um, your take on Pete, um, you know, I understand that Stern's coming in, you know, he's setting up his regime and, and his organist, you know, his style and all that. But in a time of transition, it's critical to create an environment of some type of stability. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a core of players that we've seen produced and Pete is the biggest part of that. Yep. Um, so it has to start and revolve around him and to, take a chance, you know, and, and, you know, the the media spiral that New York can can create, you don't even want to go down that road where it's already, that train has left the station and now there's doubt, you know, you're, you're having guys in the locker room, they're, they're going to pay attention to this and they say, well, I just put up a good year and I'm coming up on a contract extension or re-signing. What's going to happen to me if they won't sign Pete? Right. What's going to happen to Well, me? Jamie, and here's the, the, and the so, flip side of this coin. Wait, let, let me interject here for a second. What if you're a big-name free agent, and, you're, and then you say to yourself the same thing? They, oh, they didn't sign Pete? Why would I want to sign there? 
Absolutely. So there's there's it's ricochets there, there's there's ricochets throughout the league, as well. Yes. And and traditionally, the Mets are not a free agent destination, right. and you know we thought that might change. Yep. With the regime, you know, Cohen came in and all the money and all, okay, great. It's still they don't want to come here. We had to fight and scratch to get this, you know, Mendoza to come manage the team. Yep. We didn't get the high high flying uh, guys to come in. But that goes to my broader point of the Mets in general. There's just this culture of chaos and hope for the best. It's not a, that's not what the good teams do. That's the right. Atlantas, the Yankees, the Red Sox. They have a plan. These are our guys, right or not. If they fail, they fail. If they succeed, they you know they win it all. You got to start making some decisions. You can't worry about what if, what if. No, Pete is one of those guys in Mets history. One name: Pete, Doc, Daryl, David, Gary, Keith, Nolan, Tom. All of these guys. He's one of those guys. Yep. And if you let him walk out the door. I mean, good luck with that. I to say it's very frustrating, you know, and I just hope that Stern has people advising him, hey, look, you know, you, you, you better start getting going here because the patience is thin. We went through the 100-win season. We saw last year just collapse, total disaster. This year is not looking good. They're, they're, they're rebuilding. They're going to see what they have coming up. Fine. I'm fine with that. But, you know, let's start seeing some signs. We got some stability doing. We have a plan. Somebody, please take control and let us know what that's going to be. That's all I got. That's it, Jamie. You You nailed it. It doesn't seem as though the Mets have a plan. And and I said it in the open an hour and 15 minutes ago. What is the plan? And is the plan really to go into this season in February with these prospect spotlights, articles, and TV shows and Radio spots, prospect spotlight for the Mets. A major market team is so consumed with its prospects. I'm sorry, did we just up and move the Mets to Milwaukee or something? Pete Alonso, by the way, you look at the Mets leaders in the history of the Mets of home runs. In the history of the New York Mets. Daryl Strawberry, number one. Home runs, I'm saying. Daryl Strawberry, number one. Number two, David Wright. Number three, Mike Piazza. Number four, Pete Alonso, who's tied with Hojo at 192. Pete Alonso, with 60 home runs, could become the Mets' lead in history of the team. Leading home run hitter with just 60 more. Well, he'll tie Daryl Strawberry with 60. 61 will break it. You don't you don't want that on your team beyond the season? You won't sit down in the wintertime to have at least have a conversation about that beyond this season? What's wrong with you? Mike in Hoboken, what's going on, Mike? Hey, what's going on? First time caller here. Appreciate the time, Danielle. Yeah, thanks for picking uh, up the phone. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Listen, I'm one of these younger you know, I'm Met fan generation guys. I'm 25, so I hear all these old timers getting on the phone, and I agree with all of them. But from my perspective, and I would say a lot of young, you know, Met fans such as myself, I think if the Mets don't secure Pete Alonso like the Yankees did, Judge, yep, 
it will be one of the most detrimental things to happen to that organization. And, I mean, listen, every point that you've said, the last guy said, the guy before that, uh, I heard one guy talking about, you know, them doing sort of like a Chapman trade, although I don't really see that happening personally. I think that the Mets, you know, uh, besides Alonzo being, you know, uh, a home run hitting machine and being essentially their most clutch person in the situation that you want your best guy up yeah. him, I think if the Mets get rid of him, they are absolutely screwed. And I think when you think about the biggest names like you just mentioned, right, like even as a young guy, right, I think of Piazza, I think of David Wright. Mm-hmm. Pete Alonso is right there, yeah, right there. And it doesn't make – it makes no sense why you would, you would get rid of a guy who is the glue of your clubhouse. Yeah. This guy is not only an awesome guy off the field, he's a machine on the field. I always <laughs> want to criticize he had a bad year last year. Who cares? He's the guy that you want, bottom of the ninth inning, you know, even no one on, whatever the situational case is, you want him yep. in every single clutch situation. And he has proven he loves to be a New York Mets and not a, a New York man, not to mention, you know, people don't also think about I mean, his marketability as a player. We were t- I was just talking about sport. that. The it's polar ridiculous. bear, the bobbleheads, the jerseys. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I was talking about that. It doesn't. It, it makes no sense. It really makes no sense. And listen, I'm not one of these guys that if they get if they don't secure him, you know, I'm gonna just stop watching the Mets. It's, it's gonna hurt a lot, and you know, it'll be like a, a Justin Turner thing. Well, he'll go win a World Series. He'll be MVP, and he'll have the spotlight somewhere else because it's typical Mets. That that it's what happens every time. But it would be extremely detrimental to the organization and the fan base if they did not lock this guy down. He is. He is the he is the face of our organization, in my right. opinion. That's I love Lindor. Right. I love him. I mean, they, I think they're great. But I mean, Alonzo is 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 your judge, in my opinion. Yep. And just like the Yankees didn't let him go to the Padres or anything, they gave him what he wanted. The Mets have to do the same, and we have an owner that's a hedge fund manager. The guy's worth tens of billions of dollars. Yep. Pay the luxury tax and just sign him. Yep. That's my two cents. Right, take Mike. Totally agree with you. And pay the luxury tax. Take care of your own, and then you figure it out. You figure it out beyond that because you screwed up. You had a guy in place that screwed up with two pitchers that, that I think they should have kept Verlander, but, you know, whatever, neither here nor there. They got rid of them both. They screwed up there. I mean, if I'm Pete Alonso, I'm, go- I'm looking at all the tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars that have come in and out of that clubhouse since I got here or, you know, since I came up. As of recently, you know, all like the Nimmo contract, the McNeil contract, the Lindor contract, the, the – uh, Francisco, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Edwin Diaz, the Lindor extension, the, the biggest extension ever in Mets history. Like, and I'm, if I'm Pete Alonso, I'm like, dude, why are you nickel and diamond me? You know, and I'm not saying get out there and just write him a blank check. I'm not. It goes back to you need to initiate the conversation in the winter meetings. This winter, there was no conversation beyond this season. And for what this guy means to this team and this fan base, what is the dollar amount on that? What is the dollar amount that, you know, at the end of this season, let's say Pete has a a historic season. He hits 55 home runs, 50 home runs. He's within 10 in August of eclipsing Strawberry. Or, you know, any one of these guys. But let's just say he's within 10. Of hit, 50, first of all, 50 home runs, I think, is, is doable for Pete Alonso in a contract year, okay? So let's just say in, in, it's August 15th, and he's got 50 home runs. 
or August 20-something, he's got 50 home runs. You don't think people are going to buy tickets just to go see Pete Alonso Because the Mets are probably going to be a dumpster fire. What is that worth? How much is that worth? Now, I mean, I, I guess we'll continue with this Pete Alonso train because people feel very strongly about it. I, I've, I have an update for you about the uh, the poll on Twitter of mine. Uh, I've got, and, and I'll tell you something, the results are all over the place. This is a disaster. David Stearns has created a disaster. My name is Daniel McCart, 877-337-6666. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. To the fan, new news as of yesterday, Pete Alonso gets on the microphone and um, kind of spills the beans and the fact that he, his representation, Scott Boris and company, have not talked beyond this season, we'll say, with David Stern, the general manager of the Mets. How How is that a thing? The premier player, the face of the Mets franchise, is not... Um, Regarded as being part of the solution beyond this season, beyond this trade deadline, even I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how that conversation doesn't at least happen. Not that a deal has to get done. David Stearns is basically saying, like, yeah, man, like these things go to free agency. Pete Alonso's like, I love the Mets. I want to be a Met, and it's like David Stearns, like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, what? Is it the money? Like, I don't understand. Like, the the, the the equation is not equating to me. The the equation is not balanced. And I don't understand why not. Because every indication to me, I've seen, Pete Alonso does camps for kids, which I've been to. Uh, every home run's going to dog charities this year, whatever. I mean, the guy is... It, the 9-11 cleats. The guy's a leader in the clubhouse. He's a you, you you can't there's nobody in the pipeline that is going to replace his bat in the lineup. There's just not. And they're gonna really roll the dice and take a chance. If Pete Alonso's not a Met beyond this trade deadline, beyond this season, it's gonna be real dark times for the New York Mets. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. And it's gonna be real negative on every show. Moving forward. But the reason why I brought it up is because yesterday there was some new information that came out from Alonzo's mouth himself. 877-337-6666. Devin in Bayonne. What's up, Devin? How's it going, Danielle? How are you today? Good. How are you? Good, good. I just wanted to chime in and voice here. Um, I felt the need that uh, I had to come in and give a hot take. Oh, no. Um, come, in, come in pro Stearns here. Um, and so I, I, I don't know. I, I'm a younger fan myself, um, but I just view at it as the organization has this legacy of just falling well beyond expectations and being subpar. Okay. My belief is that we're towing the line of a third, fourth place team this year, um, but I don't believe we could fault the new guy just yet. And I'll say I'll voice along with the fans of, hey, is it sad we're in this position? Absolutely. But I do not believe any bit that David Stearns can be faulted for the dumpster fire um, of the organizational downfall holistically that, hey, Brody brought as a GM, and then Jared Porter, Zach 
Scott. See, I disregard that, though, Devin, because those guys weren't Steve Cohen guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a different chapter. Like, Steve Cohen's money negated all that as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. No, I I agree with that, and that's the thing. And so let's take Billy Epler, for example, is – he came in and created the organization to the exact same dumpster fire that he brought in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. There was a vision there um, of investing into high-profile players mm-hmm. that are on the tail end of their careers, and he just emulated it in New York, yeah. and it backfired. Yep. So while he had the vision, I don't believe he was the right guy for the vision. And you're talking about an organization here that has never had a play a president of baseball ops or even a current acting GM. Yeah. Like when you look at the organization holistically and you have the, whatever's going on in the catching position from Alvarez, Pareda, Hernandez, who's getting the defensive accolades of Yadier Molina. And you're looking at the infield of Williams, Acuna, Lindor, McNeil, Beatty, Mauricio, Jackson, Clifford, Vargas, like through the nine, Hey, we could only field five of these players. Um, So when it comes to vision, I very much don't know what I'm looking at there, um, well, but Devin, I also can't Here's a point that I want to make, okay? And, and, and I, I understand you're looking at a bird's-eye view here, but I'm looking at David Stearns because you said it's no fault of his. Okay, but, like, who did he bring in this offseason to, to bolster that, that pitching rotation? Like, like really, like, like, wow, that was a good move. Is there – what was the one that was a good move that he did this offseason? Can you point to one? Because I know I can't. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you on that. Like, the, my favorite pickup, and it speaks a great testimony, is the Fujinami one. It's like, hey, low risk, high reward. Right. These other guys that he's bringing in right. are just a bunch of scrubs. Um, right. And so, you know, it's just like, hey, nothing to get excited to. I will join in on the conversation there and say, hey, I do believe where David Stearns is dropping the ball, hey, like, he's a proven track record of success. I think he's a home run hire. Excited to see what he does. But I. But, but. Devin, he he had a winter. Listen, Devin, he had a winter to do things. He didn't do anything this winter with the richest owner in baseball. He didn't do it. That's the point I'm trying to make. You know, giving him excuses. Stop with the excuses, man. This is a major market. This is not Milwaukee. This is not Cincinnati, Kansas City. This is New York. And you coming in here. I mean, someone tweeted me before. I'd love to give credit, but the guy was like, Danielle, David Stearns is bringing in all these players, and I have to Google who they are, and Google doesn't even know who they are. That's what we're talking about. David Stearns has done, what is the one move that you could say, wow, you know what? He does know what he's doing. He does have a plan. Because the move we've been talking about for two and a half hours has been re-signed Pete Alonso. That should have been priority number one. Oh, well, and that smug grin with two collars that went out of style when I was in middle school, by the way. Oh, well, you know, um... These things go to free agency. You really want to take a chance? What about the Mets is so appetizing, uh, alluring, that free agents are going to want to come there? Even ones that even know the inner workings of the whole team. You're really that confident? Because if I, me, Daniel McCartan, am a free agent in Major League Baseball, I'm going to the place that I think where I can get a ring, where I can go win a ring, and it's not going to be the Mets. It's not. That's not alluring to me. If the dollars are the same or similar, honestly, me, I'd even take a little less to go win somewhere else because it's not happening here. Not with David Stern. 
The Mets are going into this season, this season, without a third baseman and without a designated hitter as of today, the 18th of February. Stop making excuses for David Stearns. He's, a, he's in the big market now. He's in a big city now. The excuses need to stop. We go to Matt and Ron Conkema. What's up, Matt? Hey, how you doing, Danielle? What's going on? Uh, you know, I'm um, doing a show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still cracking up about the collar joke that you had, the dual collar joke oh, back in high school. Went out, of t- <laughs> went out of style. I tell you what, it was my... Was it my? Oh no, it wasn't middle school. It was high school. High school senior year picture. I made my brother wear two collars, just like me, so we could take our sibling picture for the yearbook. After that, I never did it again. <laughs> I know that's funny. So I, I wanted to bring up something, and I don't, I don't know if this has been talked about. You can fill me in or not. Okay. Um, so we, we talk about. I hope this is not the case, but we talk about him being the richest owner in baseball. We're, we're extremely lucky about that, but. You know, just because you're rich doesn't mean you are going to spend the money. And what I'm trying to get at a little bit on this is, you know, we we went two years in a row, you know, spending crazy, going wild, and it obviously didn't work out for us. Now, I am pro signing Pete. I do want to sign him 150%. However, do you possibly think there's something coming down from Steve saying like, hey, we need to step back a little bit on the money this year and, you know, be a little bit more I guess Coupani this year, and then we can continue. Will Pony? Wait a minute. Did you say Will Pony? No, Coupon. coupon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you <laughs> yeah. know what, though, Matt? I, I, I understand it, and I did consider I have considered that. And for yeah, me, yeah. you know what? It's the wrong guy to do it with. That's the thing. You're going to start clipping coupons, coupons, Will Pons, coupons. You're going to start clipping them. You don't do it with Pete Alonzo. You do it with other guys that, that, you know, aren't homegrown, aren't the face of your franchise aren't the most productive offensive player in your lineup. That's where you start doing it. Do it next year. Get your core back intact. This is going to shatter the clubhouse the rest of the season. That's it. It is. And what's that worth, too? How many dollars is that worth to have an intact clubhouse for a rookie manager? So, yes, I have considered that. That that Steve Cohen's like, yo, pull back a little bit. I, I sunk a lot of money into this team. I, I get it because he did. He paid $88 million for three prospects that we might not ever see at the major league level. Facts. And more often than not, especially in baseball, they don't ever make it to the, the major league level. But this is not the guy to do this with. This is not the guy to tie up the purse strings for. Sorry. Lawrence, in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, on the Odyssey app. What's up, Lawrence? Hey, good to talk to you, Danielle. Hope you're having a nice week. Thanks, you too. So the Mets, this whole situation is just, it's just, this is, it's all the same. Nothing, nothing's changing. You know what I mean? So what, what, what was going to happen uh, on this offseason that was going to fix the Mets and, and, and push us over the edge? I feel like there's, there was a window initially uh, underneath new ownership where we should have made a push because, uh, the, the lineup that we had, but now we just suck, and uh, we're probably going to suck for a couple more years. Yes. So what's the, what's what's the point in paying Pete Alonso? Even though I love him, don't get me wrong. As a Mets fan, I want him there, but what's the point? Because he's not going to be here. Because when Lawrence the team is good. Because he's not going to be here, and they're going to get even worse. It's going to get worse. I know they're going to get worse, but they have to get worse to get better. Because look, at there's so much stink as a Mets fan. I'm 30 years old. These guys have been waiting. These old heads have been waiting way longer than I have for a World Series. If I have to wait till I'm 70 to get a World Series, but I, I can't. Lawrence, I mean, hold on a second. Much. Lawrence, hold on a second. Here, here was the right plan. J.D. Martinez as your designated hitter. Justin Turner to go play third base. Get one or 
one at least one more starting pitching arm, one more in the bullpen, and then you're back and then to maybe, and, then, and then maybe we're we're a better, we have a better shot at making the playoffs. But I mean, isn't that like, the name of the game? Know, but Lawrence, isn't that the name of the game? Make the playoffs, and then you never know what can happen. Look at the Diamondbacks. It's a, it depends what the name of the game is, right? Because, like, do you want do we want long term success or do we want what do you do want, want, Lawrence? Uh, what do you want, Lawrence? I want long, I want, I want long term success. So, what does that look like good, to you? I want a good, I want a good farm system. I think it's a controlled burn. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's a controlled burn. I think it's dumping assets. I think it's gaining draft. So you're picks. dumping you're dumping Pete Alonso for draft picks and I prospects. Want, I don't I don't want the it. best I don't want hitter in Major League Baseball. Him. One of. What are we going to do though? I mean, I want I want him. I just I told him, you what to do. But does he? Well, he. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even know what to do as a Mets fan. I just feel it's 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 a defeatist mentality. I have a defeatist mentality. Well, that's it. I'm I'm hung up right now for the next three years that we're going to suck. I'm sure most of the guys in the clubhouse too feel like we're going to suck for the next three years. And what uh, what an appetizing destination that is for a free agent. The uh, the Mets the Mets ownership needs to be upfront and tell them the direction of the team is hey we're not here to win now and we're going to build. And, that, and they needed to let the but, fans know because they're telling us two different things. No, no, I don't. I don't think it is two different things. I think the message is loud and clear. Don't you think? Uh, Max Scherzer yeah, told us last July that that was yeah. the plan of this team. Max Scherzer the said it. The actions are showing it. Yeah, the actions are showing it. And it's just, you know, you have hope when there's new ownership that things are going to be less shady because how can it get worse than the Wilpons? You know, you, how can it? This is like the most Jets thing ever to happen to to the Mets. They get the most richest owner in, in baseball and nothing goes right. It's like the Jets getting Aaron Rodgers. You think things are going to be great and he goes and he tears his Achilles. Yep. It's, we're, we're both cursed. E-T-S, they're cursed. Any team that ends with an E-T-S in, in New York just... <laughs> Well, I'm out of here. Sorry Terrible. about that, Lawrence. I, I am sorry about that. Uh, you know, that, that that seems to be a real thing. However, you cannot sell the the guy who hit the third most home runs in the in the league last season. You can't sell him off for prospects and speculation. You can't do it. You you had it in front of you. There was the blueprint. Brett Beatty's no good at third base. Justin Turner, you could have brought in to play third base. J.D. Martinez as your DH. Uh, you know, Montgomery's still out there. Snell's still out there. I even I actually really think highly of Mike Clevenger, actually, as a low-cost option since the Mets seem to be pinching pennies with the richest owner in baseball. Mike Clevenger, I, I, I in my little chart of, you know, notes, I colored him the same color as I did Snell and uh, and Montgomery. Take a chance on him. Bolster the bullpen a little bit. I mean, there are things that could have been done just for the cost of just, you know, money. Then you deal with it next year. But Stearns literally walked in here, set up his office, and disconnected his phone. Did not connect to the Wi-Fi. He has done nothing. He has done nothing to improve this team since last year. And last year was bad. Severino, whoa, Severino, he's the savior. He's going to carry the Mets to the postseason. Severino, okay, how'd that work out for the Yankees? You know what I'm saying? Like, this this guy, I don't know, man. It's not good. It is not good. Let's go to Mark in Monmouth County, Jersey. What's on your mind? Danielle, thanks for taking my call. Hey, thanks for making it. Uh, um, Listen, even as a Yankee fan, like, you know, I just broke it down before, you know, if, if Pete Alonzo, first off, he's three years younger than Aaron Judge is. He is, if you look at their stats, I'm not comparing them as, I'm comparing, like, what they mean to their franchises. 
Pete Alonso is a stable of durability. He plays almost every game. What, 152 games? All right, so he misses 10 games. Yeah. Aaron Judge has been healthy two years in his whole career. He also is, and I'm a Yankee fan. I, in my opinion, Aaron Judge is a 211 postseason hitter. He never, ever shows up in big moments, okay? Look at the Tampa series at the end of July when the Yankees were making a little bit of a run. They got swept by Tampa, and Aaron Judge went 0 for 13 with nine strikeouts. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a, a stat compiler, in my opinion. And now what he is is he's the second-best hitter on the Yankees because Juan Soto is a better hitter than Aaron Judge, okay? So what I'm saying is, is the Mets right now, I don't know what Stearns is doing, but this guy has a chance to go down as the best position player in Mets history as one of the top three Mets of all time. This should be the first priority is getting this guy signed. This guy is the face of your franchise. I don't understand how this isn't getting done. I don't understand. And what they're going to find out is they're going to find out the hard way. Because you know, I know, and a lot of other fans know, this guy by the all-star break can have 30 home runs or more. And his power is going to carry into other parks all over. If he's hitting bombs out of city, what do you think he's going to do when he hits free agency mm -hmm. when he goes to another team that's not as spacious a city field with a better lineup? Yep. Absolutely. Mark, I love the pa – and you said you're a Yankee fan? Yep. I <laughs> love the passion there, Mark. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. And like I said – this guy's in a contract year. I, I, I got to remember to go home and put some some cheese on him to win MV, NL MVP. That's how serious I am about this. Okay, uh, it's 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 ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. You're right. You're, it's ridiculous. And and I'm not here for the Aaron Judge slander. Although you are right, it's statistically right. Yes, that he doesn't show up. In, but neither do any of the Yankees show up in the postseason. That's the problem. That's why they brought in Juan Soto. That's why they brought in Alex Verdugo. We can talk about the Yankees too and expectations of them. But because I, I think for the Yankees, this season is absolutely World Series or bust. I think they could do it. So I, like, I really think they could do it this year. But besides the point, he's the face of your franchise. There's no reason why he should be st have to, having to, to answer questions for the first seven minutes of his first availability of the entire season and answer questions as to why you, David Stearns, couldn't get it done. And then I'm Daniel McCartan with you on the fan till 6 p.m. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Play fake. Jones rolls left, throws left, wide open for the touchdown is Bellinger. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. WFAN, my name is Danielle McCartan with you till 6. It's been a Mets-heavy, Pete Alonzo-heavy day. We are together, cumulatively, trying to figure out why no discussion happened between Pete Alonzo's team and the Mets beyond this season. And as I sit here in a Mika Zibanejad jersey, white, if in case you're wondering, beautiful jersey sent to me by a very loyal listener, um, I, I wanted to say... That um, if you're outside MetLife Stadium tuned in right now, the Rangers have, well, the Rangers and the Islanders, they have pushed the puck drop back to 3.47 p.m. So you could stay at your tailgates a little longer. Puck drop is now, as of right now, 3.47. That due to the sun glare and all things like that. And it, it was um, 
was it the Flyers? The Flyers had practice on, I think it was Friday. And the practice was originally scheduled till 1 o'clock or for 1 o'clock. They ended up pushing it back till 3 um, just to, to have practice. So um, apparently the ice glare is a thing out there in the Meadowlands. Um, if this was a cloudy day, it wouldn't have mattered. But unfortunately, it's a sunny day and it will matter. So, um, yeah, just keep an eye on that. And I'll and Paul and I will do our best to keep you updated um, as well. Um, so you can stay at your tailgate a little while longer. Don't go inside. Don't go pay for the $25 beers. Stay right where you're at. 877-337-6666. Again, trying to get to the bottom of this Pete Alonzo thing. My opinion, guy needs to be made a Met for life. That's it. He's a first baseman. I totally understand that. But since the Mets seem to have, you know, swung and missed on this position called the designated hitter, which is apparently a brand new thing in the National League. Bogleback, they tried. They brought G-Man Choi. They they are inviting him to G Man Choi is is worse than Daniel Vogelback like legitimately actually worse if that was even possible. And then the, I guess the the grand plan is to roll into the season with Mark Vientos as their DH. So so what I'm trying to say is once Pete Alonso you know is done playing first base a position where they stick guys so that you know they could preserve their defense. He's in a good spot first of all for long longevity at least. When he's done, he slides in to become the designated hitter. Duh. It's not brain surgery. All right, I'm going to try to do this in the order that you called. Let's go to line five. Bobby in Matawan. You're up on the fan. How you doing? I uh, love your show. Thank you. But, uh, you're a great follow on Twitter, by the way. I think we've, we've, come, we've gone back and forth a few times. Oh, thanks, Bobby. Uh, I just want to, like, listen, I'm not the most positive guy in the world, but even I have, I am not doom and gloom. Uh, with some of this stuff. Uh, New York sports is there's not a lot of winners and maybe the toxicity of all the no winning is just leading to what the Mets are doing here. And I just want to say a few things like, one, Cohen uh, is not the same galaxy as the Wilpon. So when I hear that, it makes me like sick. All right. The guy knows what he's doing. He does. And yes, he has money. And I think he's surrounding himself little by little with baseball people. Well, listen, um, hold he on. Said Pause. Time out. Dead. Hold on. Dead. The whole yep. reason why this conversation, I believe, is occurring is because he overspent like a drunken sailor on two pitchers and then pivoted so fast and made our head spin on the both of them. So I'm not saying he's the Wilpon. He's like the opposite of the Wilpon. Neither of them made good decisions. Wilpon's p- pinching their pennies. What's his name? Cohen's spending too much money. And I, I agree with you. He's so- slowly surrounding himself with baseball people, but that needed to happen a lot sooner. Well, I'll say this. Like, he said in his opening press conference, I want to build for the future. Not, you know, not instant success, build for the future as well. He got this 100-win team, and last year, I think, Hunter much by surprise, so he went for it. He went, you know, the, the options were not great out there for pitching. He overpaid for Jurlander, and both of those guys, as you saw, when they were traded, both didn't play. Like, you know, uh, Scherzer got hurt, and now Verlander's not starting the season on time. Yeah, but then Verlander really hit back. his stride, though. He was really hitting his stride, and then they traded him. True. But he's also now hurt. He's not going to start the season on time. Yeah, they got that. that good prospect in, in you know, in, in, in exchange. Um, we think you know, they're he, good. He ate, he ate the mistakes. Like, the years, Yankee fans, like, oh, well, they signed a bad player. They ate it, which is great. So he, in my opinion, said, all right, these guys are not working. This team's not going anywhere. We gave them five, four months to go someplace. It didn't happen. He pivoted, ate the money. He ate $40 million, which he's eating this year, along with McCann's money. You know, so... I think to say, you know, not you, but like I hear like this fan, oh, he's cheap, he's cheap. He's not cheap. He's just, you know, I think they're in, in, a, in a state of, in, of flux. Like, you know, they, 
they get Stearns. They wanted Stearns for two years. The Milwaukee Brewers won't let him out of the contract. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they waited. Now they get him. Um, as this is going on, Soto goes to the Yankees. They're in, they must have some sort of information that the Soto has some interest in the Mets as well. You know, they, you can't bank on so-and-so, but it sounds like for you two years, you thought he was going to come here at some point. But you can't bank on that. I agree with you. No. But when Boris, when, when Alonzo last year, middle of the year, went to Boris as his new agent, everyone's like, uh-oh, what's this about? Boris guys don't re-sign uh, extensions. They usually do test for agency. So Stearns, as smug as he is sometimes, he's right about that. Yeah, but, and, but hold and, on, Bobby. That, that, what I'd like to point to is that Pete Alonso did open the door. He was point, asked point blank if he was going to be negotiating within the season, and he didn't say no. He said, this is what he said. He said, for me, there's no real standard, I guess. For me, I'm just sitting back and listening. There's no pressure. I'm just sitting back and listening. That, to me, says, right. hey, I'm willing to talk with you, David Stearns, but you're unwilling to talk with me. Okay, I mean, listen. I, I give you that. And then I'll say, what, what, the thing is, I think it's in a very big part of the pie. There's a few pieces of this pie here. And you're trying to, they have a top 10 farm system. Uh, again, if you want to take three things at one time, they have a top 10 farm system. They all, and the other thing is, who's out there? Like, I mean, I get it. Like, we're talking Justin Turner and, and J.D. Martin. Listen, I watched Vogel back. I got sick every time he had in a bat last year. Is Martinez out there? Sure. Listen, they could be playing hardball and wait to the last possible minute with them, I guess. I don't know. But, like, no one's signing Blake Snell for nine years or eight years, what he wants. No one's signing Montgomery to huge money. So, and I know those guys are out there, but 20, 25, 26, the big years, looking for the names out there are pretty darn good. Um, yeah, you know, Bobby, Freeman got one, I mean, had, uh, Bobby, I mean, this, this, is, this is great. And, you know, you're being very optimistic, but this is not Milwaukee. I mean, this is, this is New York. This is New York. And I'm sorry, you need to go for it here. You can't placate. I mean, Mets fans are so. Oh, I don't even know. I mean, what? I mean, when was the last time you got te- what, the carrot has been dangled in front of Mets fans' faces? The Ets, the curse of the Ets, right? For so long. I mean, it's just it's it's confounding to me as to why someone would come in here, make not a single change, with the richest owner in sports. It's confounding. I can't understand it. You are the New York Mets. You are a major market team. Start acting like one. To be fair, they do have like a three hundred plus million dollar payroll, and he's trying to build up the outside of City Field. So I, I don't think like, and I don't think you're call, you're not calling Steve Cohen cheap. No, right. You're you're just saying he 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 recklessly spends. Yeah, well, yes, because he put in these guys like Billy and Epler, who didn't couldn't. Did, what was his track record from from California? What was his track record? You know what I mean? Like, how did he deserve the job for the New York Mets? First of all, the decisions that guy made were horrible. But you know, well, they also who, who okayed it? Who put him in charge? Well, and, that and was that Cohen. was also with the Jared Porter thing and the Zach Scott. So there was a few other things involved, and I believe they hired Epler like halfway through, like what the spring training, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So it wasn't obviously their number one choice. The guy wrecked the organization. I think it's also fair to say that, and again, I'm the person who says the 101 win season was meaningless because it I was. I agree with you. But they did win 101 games. And then the players, not Billy Epler, the players on the field screwed it up. That's the, 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 And I think— Well, uh, the manager in the dugout screwed it up. Well, well, and, and Buck paid for, with it for his job. Yep. The players that year in September and the series against the Padres, they effed up. Not— 
Steve Cohen, not the fan. No, no, no. The players well, failed to succeed. Yeah, but if you don't, if you go into a postseason without a like relief pitching, that's... that was that wasn't even the postseason. I don't even count that as a postseason. Well, but you had like you rode those guys so hard that they were injured. They couldn't pitch in a postseason. Like, like that. That's the depth piece of that. That's on the general manager. It wasn't a secret that the Mets needed help in their bullpen. It wasn't a secret, right? But I, I think the, the offense was also also the offense was awful. Remember, they brought up Francisco Alvarez for that series in Atlanta, and he was totally overmatched. And it wasn't fair to him because they wanted him to be the knight in shining armor. I, I, we yeah. might have been on the air when that happened. Yeah, I think it, I think we. Yeah, we, I think we both were. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I, I and we were together that day. I yeah. That. So it's uh, uh, again, the Mets have this long history of just being. Awfully run, and I think Mets fans, and I said it yesterday, they're petrified of Steve Cohen turning into the Wilpons again. They are petrified of that. Yeah. They are really scared of that, and it's almost like, you know what, please just give Pete Alonso $50 million a year so we don't have to deal with this, and maybe maybe it's not going to be worth it, but give him whatever he wants because we just need him on the team, and that's not the best and smartest way to do business. No, I, I think the guy deserves a spot on this team. He has earned a spot on this team, and I have uh, at Mr. Mayhem on Twitter. He says, Danielle, I will not be renewing my 20-game plan, and I told my rep, don't even ask for 2025 without Pete. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on The Fan. Official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. Hanging with you till 6 on TV, in the studio, I do have on Channel 7. I will be watching the Rangers Islanders, um, you know, of course, with one eye. Um, but I got you for, if you're planning on watching that, and it's delayed, I have you for at least another 45 minutes here. 877-337-6666. Final results are in for the poll I put up a little earlier in the show. I'm one of those instant gratification kind of people. If I was on every day, I'd, I'd for sure let this roll for 24 hours, but I'm not on until Saturday. So I asked... What is your confidence level that Pete Alonso will be a Met beyond this season? I left it open for an hour. I wrote the quote that yesterday Pete Alonso said, quote, and this is why this is news, because he just talked yesterday. By the way, the Rangers, and it looks like the Rangers, yeah, the Rangers are coming out to take the ice here. But yesterday Pete Alonso said, quote, we just sat back and listened. We welcomed the conversation. It's just that the only conversation we had was about the one-year deal. What? That's amazing to me that why they they wouldn't have a conversation about, you know, this is not some chump player. This is the face of your franchise. Show him the respect. And then I go back to Tuesday when David Stern said, quote, these things generally end up into free agency with this, this smug smile on his face. And we understand that. Let's go out and have a great year together. If we do that, we'll be set up really well going into the offseason. So I wrote. What's your confidence level that he will be back? Are you supremely confident? Eh, he'll probably be back. Or, eh, probably not. Or definitely won't be a Met. Definitely will not be a Met. Of those four choices, the winning vote was, eh, probably not. Pete Alonso probably won't be a Met beyond this season. That was it. But 
That was only a 36% vote. So this is going to be fun. But in that poll, where where do you where do you lie on the slide scale here? Is it supremely confident? Probably, probably not, or definitely not. If I'm voting in my own poll, I agree with the 36% of people when they say he probably won't be a Met. The Mets aren't a good product. What would be attractive for him to re-sign there? They, they they were horrible last year. The year before that, the 100 wins didn't count for anything because they only won one postseason game, not series game. This year's not going to be great. So it's like, what's so attractive about the Mets? Why, do, why would you want to become a Met if you're a free agent? Especially Alonzo, who's been there and seen it all from the inside. I don't know. Let's go. Let's go to. Let's see what you think. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the phone number to call. We go to line one. Greg and Mayapak. What's up, Greg? Thanks, Daniel, for taking the call. Thanks for making it. You know, I've been quietly watching this all season with the Mets, and when Stern came in and he told his his the owner that. By the way, I'm bringing my boy Craig Council with me, uh, and he'll make a great manager for the future. And he fires Buck. The way they fired Buck, too, is another thing that I pissed agree. me off. I agree. Yeah, Listen, Greg, I, I wasn't a fan of Buck Walter, but he deserved better than that, for sure. Yeah, that was that was rubbish. And th- that was the start for me. We're like, all right, well, now where is this guy going here? So now we're, we're getting close to the beginning of the season, and we got an if in, in right field, if Marte is healthy, if Bader can stay healthy in center field, if Brett Beatty is a third base, a legitimate third baseman. Uh-huh. And, yeah, yeah, and this is what we're going in. You know, I'm, I'm in my 60s now. I've been watching them my whole life. Yep. You know, to punt on a season yep. is a load of rubbish. Yep. And I, and I got to tell you, they got Diaz back. Which means at the end of the game, you know, we got a good shot. Yeah, you, but, but Greg, you got to be in a position to win the game if he were, if he were to come in. But you know what, Daniel Jordan Montgomery is out there. And I know. This is another joke I've been hearing from them. We're going to flip a switch in 2025 and win. Yeah, I, be, I played organized sports for 35 years. You, there's no such a thing as flipping a switch to win. <laughs> I know. Winning is winning is a process. You have Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery is out there. He he has shown he can pitch in New York. Yep. He he has shown he can pitch in the postseason. The guy the guy remains healthy, and I mean, why isn't it? I mean, listen, they offered uh, Yamamoto three hundred million dollars, and once he said no, they basically said, okay, well then that's the end of that. Never mind. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, that will do. That'll do. Everything is that'll do. Yep. And I don't understand what what the hell is Stern doing, Daniel? I don't get it. Nothing. That's what he's doing, Greg. It's it's not hard to understand. He's doing nothing. Literally nothing. And I know some people are tagging me in this report from from uh, Andy Martino, SNY. Martino talked with a, a source, a league executive, and that said, the Mets, after a winter in which Cohen and David Stern agreed on the wisdom of a modest approach to free agency— We'll have plenty of money and ambition to burn next winter. Here we are this winter talking already about next winter. The person said, I bet he goes for both Soto and Alonzo. Good luck. Good luck. That's what I say.
Because if I'm either of those two guys, especially Soto, if Soto wins a World Series with the Yankees this year, which which is, could be a real reality, why would you leave it to go to a rebuilding Mets team? I know I wouldn't. Count the rings, baby. Be part of the dynasty. I would I would prefer to sign with the Yankees for that that scenario. Alonzo, why would he come back? You know, so I I, I believe it when I see it. I, I you know I, I you know that, but people are tagging me in it, so I feel like uh, it was worth bringing up. We go to Greg in Hoboken. What's up, Greg? Uh, hi, Danielle. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. I, I'm going to be the other Greg because I'm going to take the con <laughs> on this. Um, and uh, here's why. I, I don't think it's because Daniel Stearns doesn't have a plan. David I think Stearns he does have a plan. Where, and I think his plan, I'm in that 36% that's saying, you know what, I think the plan is I'm not going to try and push him to sign an extension. I think that that is a bad deal that is waiting to happen. But wait, hold on. You push as if it's a bad thing. I, I think it's the other way around. I think Alonzo's trying to push Stearns into sending him into a deal. I, I think Alonzo is. And I think the reason that Stearns hasn't reciprocated is he's saying, you know what, this is a mistake that I'm not going to make. And here's why, I, here's why I think it's a mistake, Danielle. Because if, if I'm Pete Alonso and I've got Scott Boris behind me, what I want, I want the kind of deal that's not only equal to what Freddie Freeman got, but maybe surpasses that. So that's going to take me till I'm age 37, I'm age 38, I'm going to be a Met for life. All right. I'm now Stearns on the other side of that equation. Mm-hmm. And I hear that. And I strip all the, all the emotion out of it. I strip the polar bear merch out of it. I strip the face of the franchise stuff out of it. And I take a look at who Pete Alonso is. And who Pete Alonso is, up and through this age, mirrors closely four guys. And the four guys that he mirrors are Cecil Fielder, Chris Davis, Tony Clark, wait, wait and Richie Sexton. Those are different eras. Like, you can't nope. compare players across different eras. They're different eras. But look at how each of those four players aged, Daniel. Yeah, but, the, the, Greg, we can handpick any first baseman. Look at how Pujols aged. How about that? Come on. This, at least he played in the same generation as Pete Alonso. That, I can't. I can't. Greg, I'm sorry. I can't compare players across generations like that. I was with you all through that. The game has evolved immensely over just the past 10 years. Never mind actual different, actual generations. Sorry, I can't get behind that. You can't compare. You can't do that. You can't. And I don't also like comparing how guys age. Like, think about think about the the physical tools available to players nowadays. Do you think when when any of those guys played, there were whirlpool tubs, stretching facilities, you know, theraguns? Like, like there's science has completely evolved. I mean, did you watch the quarterback series? Patrick Mahomes does spine stretching activities so that he is more, um, you know, when he gets hit in the pocket, it doesn't hurt as much because his spine is, has a little bit more give to it. I mean, that wasn't going on back then. So to, to compare that, it's just it's a false comparison to me. You can't do it. It's an end, especially across different generations of players. We go to Phil in Westport, Connecticut. What's up, Phil? So, hi, Danielle. Hi. Um, I have a couple of points. The first one is, uh, you know, we don't know if Stearns had reached out to any of the other free agents. But if you're JT, why would you want to come here? Or if you're JD, or if you're Blake Snell, 
Why would you want to come to play for the Mets? What's there for you? Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. What is there? For- exactly. Yep. And then JT was mistreated so badly. Who? Why, Who? You know, why would I come back to the play with Herpes? Who? Uh, Justin Justin Turner. Oh, Justin Turner. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I didn't. I couldn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. sorry. I said JT and JD. Yeah. So, you know, Katie Martinez and Justin Turner. Okay. Justin Turner's not coming back. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. doesn't, he's not going to want. And on the other side, on Pete, listen, I, I want Pete. My son's got a Pete jersey. I don't think they like him. I don't think there's, I think, I don't think Stern, Stern likes Pete Alonzo. Why, though? That's why they're okay, not why? doing it. I don't know. There's something we don't know. Yeah, I don't, maybe. I, it, it, listen, it, I listened, uh, you know, yesterday and today to you for the last hour and a half, mm-hmm. and and yesterday to Loogie and everybody else. I mean, there's so much behind the scenes that I don't think we we're perfect. Sure, to. of course. And don't get me wrong, I would love Pete to be, and he deserves to be back. And you got, you've been saying it all along. Everybody's been saying it all along. I I tell you, there's got to be something behind the scenes that we don't know that. Maybe it's the oh, I'm switching to Boris in the last moment. Maybe that's what put off you know both Cohen and Stearns with you know well, Correa and everybody else. I don't, know, I don't know because because Nimmo has Boris and they came to an amicable you know decision there. But but that was before that was before the whole fiasco with Correa. Yeah, I guess. Maybe I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Taking the time. Taking the call. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate that. Um, hey, by the way, I got a. Uh, I just saw on what was it? SNY, I think. Jonathan Quick for the Rangers has a fire mask on. It's like a you know custom paint and all that. And of course, we'll get to you, Alonzo. But before I forget, this is awesome. This mask, which has a GoPro camera at the top of it, on the like right side, like by the ear hole, kind of. It's got Michael Strahan flexing. It's got. It, with the Super Bowl patch on him. It's got Lawrence Taylor sitting on his helmet with the Super Bowl patch on. And on the other side, it has Phil Sims and Eli Manning. I mean, what a helmet, man. That is cool. Jeez. That's a cool that's a cool design. Sorry. Sorry, I got geeked out by that. Let's go to Lamont in Lodi, New Jersey. What's going on, Lamont? Danny, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, Long-time fan, Coach. Love you to death. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. Some of my predecessors stole my thunder, but I got about six quick points I'm trying to make, and I know you got other calls behind me. All right, go ahead. Number one. Okay, number one. If the Mets blow this, and I don't want to paraphrase Keith McPherson, play stupid games, get stupid prizes. I'm tired of stupid metrics. They blew Tom Seaver when they traded him to Cincinnati, and when they got him back, they left him unprotected, allowing him to go to the American League. Mm-hmm. This would be a reincarnation of that. Stupid metrics. Number two, Keith has put up these magnificent numbers with no protection behind him. That's right. No I've been protection. saying that. There, who else is? He is a standalone in that lineup. Can yes. you imagine if you had, oh, I don't know, yes. even somebody behind him? I don't know, just somebody. Yes, and small market Stearns is like uh, Dorothy in Kansas. He thinks he's in Milwaukee. He <laughs> thinks he's probably, oh, I'm in Tampa Bay. Right. No. You know what? I would rather trade um, Lindor because you can trip over shortstop anywhere. Yeah. Lindor, ha- you can get, we have, how many shortstop prospects do we have in the minor leagues? Yeah. Two, three, maybe four. You uh, can yeah. trade Lindor. 
mm-hmm. and get, get a good haul mm-hmm. and coop that three hundred million and pay Alonzo. Yep. You can't do this. All I know is if Alonzo leaves the Mets, and more than likely he will, you can put me in that poll where yeah. it's like, eh, probably exactly put yeah. me there. The Yankees or wherever Pete plays will win our championship before the Mets That's do. That's right. And you can take that to the bank. That's right. Because this team will be cursed forever. Well, There'll Lamont, be another curse on them like this, like Tom Seaver. Yeah, Lamont, that, that's a good point there because guess what? The Yankees are going to be looking for a first baseman next year if they don't bring back Rizzo. Rizzo's a free agent at the end of this season. Man, who would you rather have, Rizzo or Alonzo, if you're the Yankees? Hell yeah, you're picking Alonzo. Hell yeah, that's – that's sorry, Anthony Rizzo, I, I love you. I do. You're a great player, but – you know, now I got some questions about the injury history here. So with back and neck, that's some serious stuff. That's not like a finger, you know, or ankle. Who would you rather have? A guy in Pete Alonso? No slight to you, Anthony Rizzo. Seriously. Pete Alonso takes the field pretty much, I don't want Jinx is here, but pretty much every single day. Who would you rather have? Who would you rather chase in free agency? Especially if you're the better team? Man, if I'm Pete Alonso and I've got the Mets chasing me and the Yankees, I'm picking the Yankees. No brainer. So this this game that 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 they're playing, I'm not sure what they're expecting the outcome to be. The Mets, I'm not sure. So to go into this offseason, allowing small market Stearns to play hardball with Pete Alonso, it's the wrong strategy. Figure it, do it somewhere else, not with the face of your franchise. Got to line one in Arizona. Steve is listening on the Odyssey app. What's on your mind? Hey Danielle, how are you? Oh, good. How are you? Good. Let, let's talk about Alonzo again. Now, I mean, just thinking about Cohen, the man is a billionaire. He's very smart. He's already spent a lot of money on the Mets already. He already he mingles with the Mets fans when the Mets were doing great. Uh, you know, I believe something is going on behind the scenes with Alonzo. Now, I used to manage. But what? Well, I want to give you an example. I used to manage a big building in New Jersey with 200 employees. Sometimes you have to make decisions, and people would wonder why. Why is this guy making this decision? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? It doesn't make any sense. But they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Okay, Um, like management, and there there could be things Alonzo's doing or. Or or pissing off other players. Um, there, there could be something going on behind the scenes. I don't believe. I believe Cohen is so smart. He's not going to let a guy like that go, you know, without good reason. I mean, maybe sometimes you have to take a step back and build a foundation of a team before you reap but Steve, the reward. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. But isn't the foundation of that team Nimmo, homegrown, Alonzo, homegrown, Lindor? Uh, McNeil, homegrown. Like, isn't that the foundation? That's the core of that team. Why wouldn't you? Why would you? I, I mean, I understand now. I, I mean, I can see maybe maybe that's what's going on. I don't know, but well, that's the core. They have they have the core in place. You're, you're right, and and McNeil and Lindor were not getting along. Obviously, like yes. two years ago, or oh, whatever. Yeah. With the raccoon and, and, and the McNeil, thing, whatever. Right. If McNeil was trouble. Why would Cohen resign him? So obviously he wasn't big enough trouble, or it wasn't a problem. But now, Alonzo is not. Or maybe it was Lindor that was the problem, and unfortunately he was signed to a ten-year deal. True. 
True. I'm not a Lindor fan. I, I could live without Lindor easily. You know. Yeah, but, but you know what, though? I, like, Steve, uh, you know, uh, personal opinions aside, the guy won the NL Silver Slugger for the shortstops. I mean, for all NL shortstops, he won the Silver Slugger. I mean, come on. Can't hate on him that much. Uh, although I'm not a Lindor fan, uh, you know, so much. But, I mean, he was productive. He was very productive. Um, and, by the way, uh, did you see this from yesterday? The Mets are talking to Luke Voigt about a minor league deal with a spring training invite. Luke Voigt! Vogelback, Voigt, G-Man Choi. I have total confidence that David Stearns can figure out this DH position. <laughs> 877-337-6666. My name is Daniel McCartan. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. WFAN, my name is Danielle McCartan with you till six, rolling right along on this uh, baseball Sunday here. Uh, thank you for making me and Paul Rosenberg part of your Sunday plans on this Sunday afternoon. As uh, on TV and studio, I do have this Rangers Islanders game, uh, which was supposed to start at three o'clock, was pushed back to about three forty-seven. Um, they just showed the crowd of people trying to get through the gates at MetLife Stadium and. Uh, it looks like a deluge of people, so that's also probably why they are postponing the, the start of this game. Last night, too, uh, I was there, and we can talk about that in a little bit, but I was there at MetLife Stadium um, for the Devils and the Flyers game, and that game also started late. So, not a fan. I I have Last night, I slept at a grand total of five hours, but that's okay. Living my best life. Let's go to Stan in West Orange, New Jersey, who wants to weigh in on Pete Alonso. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, how are you, Danielle? It's good to speak with you again. Likewise. Hey, um, you know, this this is kind of like the perfect storm in a way. When you think about it, uh, Alonzo wants to get paid. Uh, the Mets are in a situation where they want to keep him, but they can't, or at least what we know is they have not come to any kind or don't even have maybe an, an idea where they are term-wise. But, but the thing is, is that, when you look at the Mets the way they're constructed right now, and obviously we don't know a lot about the variables that um, they have on their team um, going into this season, mm-hmm. um, you got to have somebody who can hit home runs in the National League East because outside of Philadelphia, which by the way I'm a Phillies fan, um, you got to hit. You have to hit home runs. Right. You, there is no way, one way or the other, you have to be able to, because there's a lot of ball, you know, every ballpark except for Citizens Bank Park, there's a long distance. Um, you got to have a big bat in that lineup. Yeah. And I think if you give him a fair contract with incentive-laden um, uh, things, maybe, you know, he'd stay. I would think he wants to stay. Mm-hmm. I but, think so, too. Know, Oh, Stan, what happened? I'm sorry. No, you cut out for a second. Yeah, I said I think Alonzo yeah. wants to stay too. I mean, he said it at every juncture. Right, and and the and the thing is, and that that would be great for the Mets. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, like I said, I I you know I root for another team. I'm I'm one of those people that bailed years ago because of Tom Seaver. 
I, I got to see Seaver and Gibson my first game ever, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You just you, you have to have. Sometimes you just have to turn around and say, "Hey, look, I got to have somebody in my organization that people want to see, people want to people want to be able to relate to." Right. Because you know it's 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 too far lost, and especially with the Mets, you know. So especially and Stan, um, listen, you know, when you got Pete Alonso, who is within was it sixty home runs or sixty one home runs of the all time uh, home run record for the New York Mets. It was either 60 or 61, I forget. We did the math before. But if he's that close, I mean, theoretically, I mean, in a monster season, which I think he's going to have, it could be close at the end of this season when, of course, the Mets are going to be well far out of it and, you know, all that. It could be close. Pete Alonso could. So that in and of itself, how much is that worth to put fannies in the seats at that point in time? Whereas the seats would probably have gone unoccupied. Let's be honest. But wouldn't wouldn't you be making your way out to City Field just to maybe see some history? Maybe? Potentially? I, I mean I know I know I probably would. So what is that worth? What are the jer- like I, who who are I wanna see if someone could find it on the internet, who are the top selling jerseys for the Mets. I'd venture to guess that Alonzo's number one. Because every time I go to that stadium, every time I go to City Field, all I see are 20s. 20, 20. I don't see many Lindors. Definitely no any McDeals, no. So, yeah, I'd have to venture to guess he's the number one jersey. So, like, what are all the other intangibles? The marketability of the polar bear, you know? What are all the other intangibles here? Like, this is going to be a big mistake if the Mets let him go play on a team other than the Mets in July or other than the Mets in the winter. It's a big difference. It's a big mistake, I should say. Let's go to line four. Ralph and Yonkers, you're up on the fan. Hi, Danielle. This is not only my educated guess, is what we're all doing. This is my educated guess and hope as to what's happening. You say David Stearns is playing hardball. The Mets have some idea what he wants. We're talking about Freeman. If seven years, $30 million a year, which is, what, 210 the Mets would sign that in a second. Alonzo's probably talking closer to 10 300 My educated guess is part of the interview process with Stearns is, you know, he looks at Cohen and says, you know, just because you have a lot of money, sir, doesn't mean I'm going to spend it foolishly. My, and again, I'm hoping I'm We right. heard that story before. Cohen's too smart. He's told Stern, don't lose Alonzo. Stern has said, if we, buy, if we do it now, we're probably going to overpay. If we let him go to the, the free agency, it's probably going to end up at 240 or something. I don't know. That, and, you know. I don't, I, see, I think getting him earlier it negates the, uh, the, the overpay. No, he's not. He, no, the Alonzo makes it sound like he'll give a home down. Again, the Mets have some idea. Do you agree that the Mets have some idea what he wants? And do you agree that is he going to get more than seven uh, to ten? You know, seven years, thirty million a year. Is he going to get more than that? I think that's a. I think it's fair. Okay. Again, I think the Mets would do that in a second. I don't think he's willing to do that right now. Yes. And one more thing, well, but I disagree with you on that. I disagree with you on that part. Right, but go well, ahead, because, because I hear, yeah, because I'm hearing an echo. Go ahead. Give the guy a chance. 
you know, the guy <laughs> has not his roster that he has not played one game yet, not one. And we talk about small market team. What are they? Number three or four in payroll? You know, let them play a game before we judge this guy. All right. So, how many losses are you, uh, does got. it take for you to call in? I'm sorry, and say, go ahead. No, how many losses will it take for you to call in and say, you know what? We we, we listen. This guy, I, I, we'll get I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it play. I'm gonna let it play out. Oh, okay. I, well, know, that's I, you, Ralph. I'd like them to sign JD Martinez, but me too. They, you know, they just signed the other guy. Whoever did three years. Are you willing to give JD Martinez three years? I maybe. If he's part of the rebuild, yeah, maybe. You know, it just doesn't work. Cohen's not dumb. He tried spending money. That didn't work. And he did a great job, in my opinion, you know, last year. And, see, I, hey, see, that's where, Ralph, we, we, we disagree on, on, on pretty much everything here because I thought he pivoted too soon. I thought that pivot was too soon. I would have stuck it out. There was a player, I forget who it was, who, who kind of had that same idea too. Like, well, hold on, wait a second. Why, why, are, we, why are we doing this? I would have stuck it out. I think the Mets had a good core of players in place with those two guys at the top of their pitching rotation. I thought was 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 all right. I thought it was good, serviceable. Scherzer, Verlander, and Senga. Now it's like Kodai Senga and the question marks beyond him. I mean, it's it, they've gotten worse. It it was it's worse, and that Stearns did nothing, zero, to improve the roster. Nothing, not even like you know. Guys that aren't going to cost a lot of money. Like, I don't know. How about Mike Clevenger? He can really help. He's a good pitcher. I looked at his a lot of stats. Mike Clevenger's a good pitcher. Probably not for that, you know, not Boris money. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. But Pete Alonso is not part of the problem. He's part of the solution. He's part of the future of this team. And to have not had a conversation with him Beyond this season, you know, what that would look like, I, I, that's just unfathomable to me. We go to John in Trenton, New Jersey. What's up, John? Hey, Danielle, I agree with you. If the Mets went after him now, I think it would be cheaper. You would think, right? Goes out, absolutely. He goes out next year and goes 245, 57, 140. Yeah. He's going to ask for judge money. Yep. Now, the bar is going to be set. Well, it's been set with Otani. So it's going to cost the Yankees next year. I mean, let's put it this way. There's not many takers for Soto next year. He's going to go 10 years, $500 million. That's what he's going to ask for because of what Otani got okay. this year. Mm-hmm. I follow. So would the Yankees be in the market for Alonzo as well? Because I would love to see that. I would think so. I mean, the Yankees ha- would have a vacancy at first base. Rizzo will also be a, a free agent, and I love Anthony Rizzo. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but if you're well, choosing, if you're He's choosing Rizzo anymore. or Alonzo, who are you picking? Oh, I'm taking Alonzo. Ed- me too. Twice on Sunday, I'm taking Alonzo. Me too. Because I don't think the Yankees are a championship team this year, and I'm a huge fan of the team. I just think there's too many holes in that lineup. After you get past the, the four or five hitter, I mean, Stanton's an automatic out. And then the rest of the lineup, you just don't know. Are you going to get what you get out of Volpe? You're just not going to get the production at the bottom of the lineup. And the, and the pitching staff just has too many holes. No, Unless see, I'm a little bit out. more optimistic on the on the lineup as you uh, you know as you are. But I agree. I, I think Snell is missing. Yes. Yeah, I think they need Snell, and I think they need Rodon to be the San Francisco Giant pitcher that he was, or yeah. he's 
going to be another bust. Yeah, he, he's the main key cog in this whole thing, John. Thanks for the call. And we can open up the Yankee discussion if you, if you will because, um, yeah, Rodon is, is – I mean, they need him. Like, I hate to rely on unreliable people. That's not in my human nature, but Yankees need to rely on Carlos Rodon. Uh, are they a World Series caliber team? I, I think they are. And I think automatically Juan Soto makes them that. He, he elongates their lineup. Verdugo elongates the lineup. And maybe, you know, 8-9, and eh, maybe. But I think it's be, I'm far beyond 5 in that lineup. I, I think maybe 8-9 is where you run into a little bit of trouble. But who knows? Let's go to Chris in Woodbury, Connecticut. Hey, Chris. Yes, hi, Danielle. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for and making it. You, you talked about a subject here about 10 minutes ago that I never thought I'd have a a reason to call about to the fan. And that's the the difference in the conditioning and what's available to players today. Sure. Uh, When I was, I'm pretty old now, I'm 81. You sound great. I I would have never guessed if you were a day over 40. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm calling. See? No, seriously, uh, (laughs) any sport I ever played or even in the service, it oh, wow. Chris, first of all, Chris, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you very much. Um, the, the, the difference is we call the calisthenics. <laughs> when I watch these, now these are all uh, pictures you see uh, before a game. Yeah. The players are going up and down the field. They throw a leg out and then they throw another <laughs> leg out. It just doesn't seem to be. And yet it, that's the, the state of the art right now. Yeah, uh, I don't see anybody down doing push-ups or stretching the way that we always did, or or thought that that's the proper way to do it. Yeah, you know what, just- Chris, I've seen you know, uh, you know, at Yankee Stadium, underneath the stands, down the first baseline, but definitely down the third baseline. Um, they they equip the I, I've seen it. The the visiting team has like a little gym that they can use, and okay. that's where they do all that stuff. Because I've actually seen and I've had to. I was walking through the hallway, and one of the players, I forget who it was, on the other team, he had like a medicine ball, and he was, you know, twisting and throwing it against the wall, okay. letting it bounce, picking it up. And I was like, I had to walk by, and he picked it up, and he was like, go ahead, go ahead. And I said, sorry. He said, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. But th- we don't see that part. That's happening underneath the stadium. It must be, because uh, it looks to me just like a slow dance that goes down <laughs> and up and down the field. And I thought, well, how is this working? Yeah. And yet, this is what we see. Yeah. Uh, one, one more comment, sure. if I may. The disturbing thing about the tragedy that happened out with Kansas City that nobody mentions it. Mm-hmm. It's the guns. Uh, it's all about the guns. Yeah, nobody Chris, mentions thank you guns. for your service. I appreciate that. But I did say that this was not going to turn into an open forum on gum, guns. I, I'm sorry about that. Um, I hate to cut you off, but this is not this is not it. Um, but uh, getting back to the sports, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, just look at, I mean, just how diet even has improved over the years. I mean, the Tom Brady diet, you know? Um, I, I'm just sorry. I'm looking at TV, at the TV, and all the Jets and Giants are on the stage at, at MetLife Stadium. And I was in, under the impression that they were going to be there yesterday. And I was all ready to interview these Giants and Jets and all of them. And um, none of them were there because apparently they're there today so that sucks for me and for us um sterling shepherd and saquon barkley and a whole bunch of people so sorry about that 
I was looking to come back with, with audio from, from them, but sorry about that. But um, yes, I, I mean, listen, the, it's the, and that conversation came up because somebody tried to compare a modern day athlete with athletes of yesteryear. See, I don't like this. Paul, did you see that? They, they have Tommy DeVito there, which is cool and stuff, but they introduced him as the Giants quarterback. His actual title is Giants backup quarterback. If I'm not mistaken, he also was in the open yesterday oh. for last night's game on ABC. Oh, he was in like the actual open. Huh. And again, it's nothing wrong with him because he knows his ceiling. He knows he's trash. He knows he's not going to be a successful quarterback. So he is taking advantage of everything he can possibly take advantage of. And I'm OK with that. But uh, I, I mean, he, in theory, he is a quarterback. I mean, I, I mean, he's I, a quarterback, I get, Giants quarterback, I guess. But and know. he knows that like he. He plays the role of Jersey and Tommy Cutlets so well and so fine. Yeah. And I, I, I understand it from his perspective, too, because he knows his future isn't going to be on the field. His future is off the field with Rayo's pasta. Nah, it's on the bench, maybe. but it's, it, No, but it, my point is he knows his ceiling and he's taking advantage. And he's trying to get as much money sure. as humanly possible. And, and as much exposure as possible. But Daniel Jones is the I ran into Daniel Jones at the Super Bowl at Radio Row. I, I asked him for an interview. But his handler politely declined. You asked him or his handler? Kind of both at the same time. Gotcha. And he kind of smiled and like. Did he look at the handler first? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if I'm him. I'm I'm feeling very slighted watching this and seeing that, all that. You know, not that this is about feelings, but I'm just saying. Right. I don't. I think Daniel Jones knows where Tommy DeVito is. I think. I think Tommy DeVito knows what Tommy DeVito <laughs> is, which is why Tommy DeVito chose to film commercials during the second half of the season right. and not practice and get better with the Giants, which is why he got benched. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong on that. We agree on that. We don't agree on much, but we agree on that. But I don't know. I just, I guess I don't like the, the lower third and what it says. It should say backup quarterback. <laughs> it's not, yeah, they're not going to say I know. backup quarterback. I know. People across the in country. In theory, yeah. like Saquon Barkley isn't on the team either, correct? In theory, like in theory. contract right now? Yeah, in theory. Was he there? I, I didn't yeah, see him. Oh, he was did? There. I yeah. blinked. I didn't see him. It's Sterling Shepard. He's technically, you know, retired, technically, unofficially. He's technically not on the team either. Huh. There are more Jets there, though. Brees Hall was there. <laughs> oh, anyway, 877-337-6666. Um, okay, we can go. To, Paul said in my ear, just go take one more. Okay, cool. So let's go to uh, let's go to Michael in Lake Mary, Florida. What's up, Michael? Hey, how you doing, Danielle? Good. How are you? All right, great. Can we shift gears a little bit with the hockey going on? I'd like to talk a little bit about the Rangers for a moment here. Uh, but before I get to that, i got to give you super kudos. Great job with all your Super Bowl coverage flying out oh, there, getting the interviews. I, I enjoyed all of it. I was keeping up on all the platforms because you had things all over the place. I know. I, I, you know what? I sometimes feel like I need, like, an assistant to, to post all this stuff. Uh, but I, I didn't sleep much in Vegas. It's all, all work. No play. Yeah, because I got the I get an alert like, oh, she got a Twitter feed. Oh, there's something on Instagram. Oh, I got a phone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm working hard out there. But I was like, something like 25 videos across three different platforms, something like that. I I produce and all that, so it was a lot of work, but it was a a ton of fun. Uh, Yeah, but you did you did a great job. Thank you. what I want to bring up is with the Rangers is, you know, because it's going to come hard and fast here. The uh, trade deadline's coming up on the 8th, which is less than three weeks away. Mm-hmm. And now with the second injury that they that they absorbed with uh, with Wheeler this week, uh, out for the season, and Heedle already being out, I just wanted to get, if you have any thoughts at all, if I'm, I don't know if I'm too early talking about this, if you're going to have a show about this, but 
who the targets might be for the who should who they might be going after at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. I had a cup I because I, I definitely think they need a right wing for sure. Mm-hmm. And um and definitely probably another center if they can. But I know that because right now they're just piecemealing it, moving people around. But uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that or are you, or are you too early for that yet? Yeah, I think it's a little early um, because I'll be back on Saturday. Maybe Saturday is a better mm-hmm. junction and talk about it. Um, okay. Yeah, given just, you know, it's just so it's kind of far. So a little right. far to project. Uh, I think the ideas are there. You certainly outlined them. But names right. and stuff, I'm not really willing yet to put out any names just just yet. Yeah, I mean, the one name that comes to mind is Petrano because he was there before. Yes. They, they they know what they have. But, you know, you know what happens. Everybody throws a thousand ideas and then through, you're probably just something completely different than anybody thinks about. But uh, but I'm excited. It's been a great weekend with hockey. Great game last night. Really enjoyed it. Um, this is going to be super fun also. And, uh, you know, it's a great, great start with the, you know, the first week without football to put something on here. But Anyway, uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Just wanted to get a couple of thoughts there, but I'll definitely give you a call next week on the hockey. Though. All right, cool, right. Michael. Looking forward to it. Thank All you. Right. Yeah, thanks. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Um, yeah, as uh, as the ceremonial puck drop is about to go underway, they, they're starting 47 minutes or so late. Last night, the uh, Devils and uh, Flyers started, I think it was like something like, oh, I don't know. It was hard to keep track of that, but it was probably like about 27 minutes late last night, so... Not a fan of the lateness, uh, I will say that. But anyway, 877-337-6666. Continuing the conversation about Pete Alonzo, we go to line five, Josh in the Bronx. Danielle, very quickly, and again, I've got to follow up on what the last caller said. Mm-hmm. You do a tremendous job on all your interviews. Thank you. So good luck in the future with whatever you want to do with that. And also, Thanks, come on. Come on, sign Pete Alonso. I know. What one-year contract was just to avoid arbitration? Are they crazy? Come on, give them the money already. I know. I I ask every WFAN Met fan to call the station, call the shows, and put pressure on that owner. Please sign Alonso. Thank you. Yeah, Josh, this this is the forum to do it, right? This this radio station has, you know, has the reach. You know, people pay attention to what goes on here. So, of course, this, you know, this could be a rallying call. And we can use this as a rallying call. I hope David Stearns is familiar with this radio station. Um, Because as I sit here in the studio, I look at the, the Pete Alonzo jersey hanging here in the studio to my left, and it's like, this is everything. This is, a, first of all, to play in New York, some guys can handle it and some guys can't. Facts. Like any sport, we've seen it happen with our own eyes. Coming to mind right off the top of my head, Sonny Gray. You know? So we've seen it. And I don't know. To me, it's like that's half the battle in signing a free agent. It's literally half the battle knowing whether or not the guy could play in New York. Like Michael just mentioned, Vetrano with the Rangers. We know he can handle New York. That's not a bad deal. He's a local kid. Not, not that that all the way matters, but he's a local kid. He can handle it. Pete Alonso can handle it. Why screw up? Why, you know, why screw around with that? Why play hardball with the guy? Get it done. If you're looking, he's going to come out and have a monster year. And just like the Yankees did with Judge, 
they ended up paying more to Judge than their original offer. You know, you're okay with that. You know, ultimately, I guess you're okay with it. But it's almost like, all right, Alonzo, you go ahead. You prove it. We'll pay more. We can do it. You prove it. I don't like that. It's playing hardball. I don't like that. For a guy that's the face of your franchise, I don't know. I, I didn't like it with the Yankees did it to Judge either. Let's go to Tony in the Bronx. What's on your mind, Tony? Yeah, hi. I'm, I'm calling about uh, about Cone, the owner. I think I'm a big fan of his, uh, business-wise. I'm a big sports fan. And if you own a team, you're going to look for your return on investment, right? So he bought the Mets uh-huh. primarily so that he can actually have the, 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 the those chop shops that were in the background. He has all of that now. He can build casinos. He can build restaurants. He can build hotels. Mm-hmm. He's making return on, on investment into the Mets. As, as far as Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso is great. But the fact is, the Mets are hard-hodged to be his... his Tony, you, his cut out from, you cut out, Tony. What, what, what was that? Oh, boy, Tony. I'm sorry. We, maybe if you... I, you might be driving. You might be um, going through a bad section there. So just give a call back. Uh, we'll get you back on. 877-337-6666. Uh, Paul, I wasn't watching. I had my head turned. Rangers scored. Who was it? Eric Gustafson. Oh, look at that. Rangers are on the board. one nothing. one nothing about 90 seconds in. Yeah. Well, the the Devils scored fast, too, last night. I think yeah, it was, Nico scored about 30 seconds. It was 30 seconds, yeah. He went right down the ice on a breakaway. Boom. Put it in the back of the net. But look at that. Rangers are up. one nothing. And there's a fight at center ice. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is yeah. This this is well, Matt Martin. Yeah, they're getting right to it. Family member, Manny Martin, WFAN. That's right. He's an extended family member. Let's see if he wins this fight here. They're really going at it though. And how about these jerseys? I think they're pretty cool looking. The Rangers jersey is very cool. I the like Islanders the jersey is somewhat boring. Yeah, it is a little. It looks like a, like a Christmas sweater, and and they're still going at it, exchanging blows here. Uh, it looks almost like an ugly Christmas sweater in, in a way. Yeah, I would rather have them. I would rather it have the logo and not. I'll spell. Yeah. Yeah. All right. looks like they amicably agreed to disagree on the fight here. So I don't think anybody won. No one went down to the ice. So what a scene at, at MetLife. <laughs> it right was now. amazing, Paul. I was awesome last night. There's like, I can't describe it. How, how cool it was. Like yeah. they should do it there every year. Cool. So, and this is the one thing, and I know it's the NHL. I know it's somewhat of a niche sport. I understand that. I understand I'm a nut. Uh, but the NHL is so far in ahead in front of the other sports when it comes to these types of fan experiences. Yeah, I agree. Like these types, you put it in a stadium. It's called the Stadium Series. They put it in uh, T-Mobile in Seattle, New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be at Wrigley Field next year, I believe, at least one of the games. It's always in uh, Canadian uh, outdoors arenas and stadiums as well. The Winter Classic, which is a little different than the Stadium Series. I mean, they've got it going on. Bettman's doing an excellent job in growing this sport, I must say. Yeah. And again, what was the first pro team in Vegas? Vegas Golden That's Knights. Right. They won a Stanley Cup within five years. Yep. I was so, there. That inaugural season. My friend Christina, her dad has tickets. We went 2017. We went. We saw them play. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I, I listen, but you can get on Bettman for a ton of things. You can get on sure. all the commissioners for a ton of things. Sure. Um, but what he's done in expanding yes. the sport, I think more expansion is coming. I think they'll probably get their 34 teams. Yeah, I heard that. Probably at one point, I think Salt Lake City's a possibility. Maybe try the Atlanta market again. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, uh, and again, I'm a hockey nut. I appreciate that. I know that. So, but the scene there looks awesome. Yep. 
possibly yes. the uh, one of the more important games at MetLife Stadium in the past decade, given the football teams. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's not go there. That's why I think that's why people around here are getting more into hockey is because our football teams are just terrible. They got to watch something. And these teams, I mean, all three of them, Paul, they're pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think Rangers are number one. The Devils have made up a ton of ground recently because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. their math wasn't great. Because you, re- it really just comes time to math about halfway through the hockey season. Well, they had a bunch of injuries. Yeah. Hughes is back. Myers back. Right. The Dougie. I, I wonder. I wonder if they add a goaltender. I wonder if they finally add someone on the I back end so. to replace Dougie Hamilton. I hope so. So I wonder about those things. And the Islanders, ever since they fired Lane Lambert and got Patrick Waugh, have yep. been playing just a lot better. That's right. So these, and you have three teams to choose from. It's a tri-state area thing, yeah. all in the same conference, obviously. So I can believe that, that with the struggling of the other sports and the other teams, and let's be real... We've sucked recently. Bad. It's it's not it's not the worst thing to get hockey back in. Yeah, I know. I see. And and it's like it's also negative. Giants Jets always so negative. Look at this hockey. You know, maybe if you never watched hockey before, maybe now's the time. Maybe now's the time you get into it a little bit. Because we have, like I said, three good teams. Pot like positive. Like watching these games, you're like, oh. This is what hockey looks like. Whereas you watch the Giants and Jets, you're like, oh, my God. Then you put on a playoff football game, and you're like, this is what football's supposed to look like? Yeah, we don't get that. We don't get that uh, on our TVs every Sunday. Twice on Sunday, really. Um, we don't get that with the Giants and Jets. But I didn't want to turn this into a football discussion, really. T- today's not the day. It's a baseball day. It's a hockey day. Um, and we'll continue the conversation. Um, 877 877- Three three seven sixty six sixty six is the phone number to call. I did want to inject some Yankees into this. We'll talk a little bit about uh, just Super Bowl weekend. I know I talked a little bit about it, talked a little bit about being at the stadium series last night, but it has been a whirlwind past 10 days for me. So we'll talk some behind-the-scenes stuff there as well. Uh, a couple callers mentioned it as well. So 877-337-6666, settle in. I'm Daniel McCartan. With you on the fan till six. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Right, like, Welcome said, back to the fan. My name is Daniel Carden. His name is Paul Rosenberg, and we are coming to you live from Lower Manhattan. Why are we playing Viva Las Vegas? Because about to tell you some tales from the Super Bowl that I went to last weekend. That's why I wasn't here, so I apologize. Um, but by the way, in in the time it took Pete McCarthy to finish that update and for me to reintroduce myself, Bo Hortfat put one through the five hole. It is now 2-1 Rangers. I think the final score of this game is going to be something like 12-10 to 10 or something like that, based on this pace. <laughs> we are only a few minutes into the game out there in the Meadowlands, and it is 2-1 Islanders. Bo Horvat nets his 22nd goal of the season. Anyway, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. No way did they just score again. They just scored again. I looked down for literally one second. It is now 3-1 Islanders. Is it Barzell on that one? Barzell on that one. Whoa. This is getting ugly fast for the Rangers. Wow. I'm just I'm looking at the play. Oh God. That was that was ugly, but it still counts. Back to back power play goals for the Islanders. Yeah. I mean it was ugly, but it counted. 
Top shelf, glove side. For Maddie Barzell. Wow, three to one. Wow, I looked at I legit for a second, and I can't look back up, and it said the word goal in the top left. Wow. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that for you. 877-337-6666. Shesterkin getting beat through to five hole on the glove side. And the, and the Islander fans who made the trip from Long Island are celebrating at MetLife. But it is good, really good, to be back with you this weekend. And uh, you, you may have heard, uh, I took a business trip out to Vegas for the Super Bowl last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, as I kind of alluded to a little bit in the two callers before the break here, I mean, it, the whole weekend, it was a very productive whirlwind. Like, I'm all in, man, all the way in. Because I, I booked I booked my flight about two weeks out. I kind of was speculating that that I'd earn a media credential for it. So my flight was Wednesday at 6.45 p.m., right? All day long, I'm checking my email, checking my email, checking my email. And I'm like, man, uh, I didn't I didn't get the approval yet. And usually the approvals go out the day before, you know? So I was looking for a credential for Thursday and for Friday. I'm like, are they running on mountain time? Are they running on Eastern time? Like, what are they doing here? So uh, all day long, nothing in my email, nothing. I, I actually had packed in my trunk at school um, a suitcase, fully packed with all of my outfits, all of my everything, all of my digital devices to record and, you know, whatever. It was all in the trunk. And I was like, you know, it was like 250. The kids get dismissed at 250. So it was like 252. And I checked my email. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't have anything. So I, um, well, I, I drove myself to the long-term parking at Newark Airport, and I kind of sat outside there, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Do I go or not? Like, if I'm not going to take my last two days off of school to go sit in Vegas and do nothing, I'm going for the media credential. I'm there to work. I'm all in. And I was hemming and hawing, parked outside outside the long-term parking for, like, probably about an, almost an hour and a half, calling mom and dad, should I go? Should I not go? My dad in the background is like, don't go. Call my friend Lauren. Call my Christina, whose house I'm going to be staying at. And Christina, should I come? I'm not. She was like, listen, I'm here either way. My house is there either way. You know, so what? whatever you decide, I'm here. I was like, okay, well, that was nice. And I was like, you know what? This is so not me, but it's like YOLO. I did it. I, I You know what? At like 5.05, I decided to pull my car into long-term parking, park it, Get on, you know, go to the airport. I didn't, I ate, all I had time for was to eat french fries. That was it. And um, I bought the Wi-Fi and I got the text message somewhere over Colorado, Denver, that I got, yes, approved for the media credential. And it was dark on the plane. I was like celebrating by myself. There was an empty seat next to me. I'm a window seat person. There was an empty seat next to me and I was like, yes, yes. So right, right away, I flung open my laptop, got to work on some questions and, um, you know, it paid off. And I'm so glad it did. And um, I got there. Yeah, I did the whole rent-a-car thing. So I didn't get into Christina's house until probably like, oh God, I don't even know, 12 midnight probably, which is like 3 a.m. our time. Exhausted, tired, you know, and of course she like, hey, talking to me for like an hour. And I'm like, dude, all I want to do is go to bed. I got an early morning. So after exactly, I think it was four hours of sleep or three hours and something, uh, I was up. Before the sun, packed my trusty tripod, my backpack, my iPhone, laptop, recording devices, got in the loaner car, and I went to Mandalay Bay to pick up my credential, okay, convention center. So kind of like 
and, and then the plan was to for me to drive that rental car all the way out to Lake Las Vegas where, where the team hotels were. That was the availability for Thursday. And so I uh, I left, I batted my eyelashes at the guy at the valet. I'm like, hi, can I just, I'm just going to pick up my credential. Can I just leave this here for like 10 minutes? I'll be right back. Don't park it. He's like, yeah, yeah, go. Okay. So I'm wearing cowboy boots, rhinestone cowboy boots and a dress. You know, I, you know, hustle it along. It's dark out still. Hustle it along. <laughs> kind of jogging, really, to go pick up the credential. And all of a sudden, I see this this guy. I could recognize this guy anywhere, anywhere. Didn't even know he was there. Peter Schwartz on sports. So I, I lap Peter Schwartz on sports, you know, in, in the casino. I'm like, hey, I'm going to pick up my credential. I got to go. I got to be at the Chiefs. He's like, all right, I'll catch up with you later. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I blew right by him. Go to pick up the credential. Kind of jog all the way back out to the car. Well, no, at this point, the lady in front of me was like, hey, um, she saw the keys in my hand. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to drive. She's like, oh, no, you're not. You're not going to drive up to those hotels. It is complete lockdown over there. You need to get on the shuttle bus. I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, they're not going to let you take the car. I was like, oh, my God. So now I'm like sprinting back to the valet. And I see a bunch of guys, and I was like, uh, what time does the shuttle leave? They're like 6.30. I looked at my watch. It was 6.12. I, I was like, oh, my God. So I had to go out back to the car, leave the keys, get my backpack, get all my things, put the backpack back on. Here I am, Peter Schwartz. Now I'm go- running towards him. He's like, hey. I'm like, hey, I'll be right back. <sighs> go out to the car. I looked at my watch on the way back. It was 6.23. And I'm, and I'm not talking like close distance. I ran 2.2 miles in cowboy boots before the sun even rose. Got on. To the shuttle at 6.23. It left at 6.30. Boom. I made it. I was sweating. I made it, though. I, I, in my head, I was, like, playing the Rocky theme song. Like, I made it all the way. Like, you're, you're carrying weight on your back, you know? I made it all the way out here. It worked out in my favor so far. You know, I, 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 I there's no other choice. I was going to take off the boots and run in my socks, but I didn't have to do that. It was all right. And so I made it, right? So get out to the to Lake Las Vegas. Do my, you know, the Chiefs uh, interviewed so many Chiefs. Um, went back to Radio Row on the shuttle bus, pr- you know, producing videos on the bus on the way back from Lake Las Vegas to back to Mandalay Bay, producing videos, cutting videos, you know, aligning the audios, the whole thing. And then I, uh, from there, took the shuttle back to Lake Las Vegas to the 49ers Hotel, which was way later in the day, like after dinner time, way later. Cut up some videos from there on my way back from there. Ran into some people I knew, like, uh, what was his name? Um, Corey Rush from where I work when I worked for the Giants in the PR. He's now 49ers PR. Um, Kristen Wojcik, I think her last name is how you say it. She, I worked for the Mets and now she works for the 49ers. So it was kind of cool, actually. Wasn't expecting any of that. Uh, the connections you make, right, in, in this business. And so made my way back and then went back to Christine. I was like, listen, I, I, I would love to hang, but I got I got to produce some of these videos. She was like, "All right." <laughs> and then so I, I wait. It was it was just a long working weekend. And then Friday, I, I stayed up till midnight producing videos, putting them out on social media. Three kinds of social medias that that, that I can control. And then, um, Friday went out to to Radio Row again. Ran into like I said before, Daniel Jones. Ran into a whole bunch of players. Um, but what I quickly figured out was. Around the outside of the convention center were like the big names. I don't give any free advertising here, but the big names. And so those players, a lot of those players were paid to go do interviews with them. And then the regular radio row people in the middle 
you know, obviously the players weren't, no one's getting paid to do those. So it was kind of scarce in there. But I was, I was hustling, man, running around with my, I did 18,000 steps on Thursday. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I was hustling, man, working hard. 10 days, uh, you know, this past 10 days have been crazy. But, you know, it's, and it's just, you know, it stinks that I had to, to wait a week to talk about it. But, you know, I'm here. So, I don't know. And, and, and one more thing, it, it does take a village. And so, uh, thanks to mom and dad for taking the dog, going with the flow. Christina, let me stay there. You know, going with the flow as well. And a uh, big shout out to my principal, Joe, who is, uh, you know, his blessing to, to go kind of kind of made a world difference for me. I talked to him. I was like, hey, look, I might I might have the chance to work the Super Bowl. And he was like, whoa. I said, yeah. He's like, I mean, yeah. And I was like, oh. Not that I hadn't needed his permission, but I felt like, you know, got to give him a heads up because it was going to be very visible. You know, my presence online, all that. So, you know, it takes a village, and I'm just very, very grateful. And I, I hope that, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, made you proud with, with the content I brought back and, and and bringing back and continue to bring back. So that, that goes out to even you, Ralph. So anyway, it was a great business trip out to Vegas. I, I, it was it was a fun. It was fun at the same time, which is awesome. So 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. Let's go out to, uh, let's go to Rob in New Jersey on line three. Hey, Rob, what's up? Danielle, it is such an honor to speak to you, especially after that. Oh, you stop. Know, this, stop. Yeah, I mean, this is the second time I've called. I called a couple weeks ago, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't understand what's going on with the Mets. Um, I need Met therapy. <laughs> I, are you willing to give me met therapy here? Listen, I've taken. I've, I almost have a minor in psychology. So, so tell me, what's on your mind? Go, go lay on the couch over there. What's on your mind? <laughs> All right, so I'm on the couch. The time, the time is going. So, so here we are. You know, we're Met fans. I'm a season ticket holder. Okay, Danielle, I took clients, family, and friends to the game. And, you know, I live in Jersey, so you know it's, it's far. Train. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, it's hitting the bars. It's spending yep. the money there. Yep. Danielle, we're in. We're in ten grand for this. Now, I feel really bad because they keep calling me asking me to renew my season tickets. And I called you before mm-hmm. when I was traveling back from South Jersey. Okay. And I honestly, I don't know what to do at this point because I think if Peter Alonzo, now maybe I'm wrong, but if Peter Alonzo was in, let's say, a Philadelphia uniform. Would they be signing them today? I could tell you if he was in a Braves uniform, he'd be signed. Yeah. Okay. So I, I know I'm not crazy. So here I am thinking the guy who is the heart and soul, because you got to have a leader. Like if the Mets didn't have Keith Hernandez, would they have won in 86? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll you never know. know. You know what I mean? But, but, but they had it, and they won, and they had that great team. They built that great team with youth and everything else. So here we are talking about Peter Alonzo. Like, he's not a Met. Yeah. And I'm confused. He is a Met, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, as of right now, for the rest of this season, yes. Technically. All right. So here's the, here's the dilemma. So my buddies and I had the opportunity to go to the Euro Cup in Germany this okay. year. So we're going to take our money that I spent with the Mets, now it's all about the money, right? It all comes down to that. And we're going to go spend it in Germany instead of spending it at City Field. Mm. It kills me. But I don't know what else to do or say. 
I need I need help. Am I doing the right thing? <laughs> you know? Man, I don't know. I mean, is that's for this year or for 2025? No, for this year. For, for this, this year. year. For uh, this year. I mean, for this year, I mean, I would say the baseball, but I, I don't know. It's not my money. I don't know, but <laughs> I think maybe you are doing the wrong thing. I don't know. All right. Well, look, you know, <laughs> we, I, I love your passion. It's the second time I've ever called the station. It's wow. because of you Thank and you. what you're about. Thank I mean, seriously, you know, I'm so happy that you took the risk. That was such a great story. You're, I mean, I can visually see you at Newark on. Am I getting on this plane? Yeah. Or am I not getting on this plane? Seriously. I mean, you rolled the dice. You rolled the dice, and I love that. I took a gamble on Vegas. That. What else? What else I, is there? <laughs> I, you know, I, I do appreciate it. And please, let's keep, let's keep hammering the Alonzo thing because yeah. he's the guy we need to build around. I mean, right. look, at, no one wants to do, and I talked about it before, no one wants to do the home run derby, and he's there. He <laughs> does it. I know. He's about baseball. I mean, Listen, you know what? Can the baseball, can the NBL, because they are in New York City, right? They have an office. Can they go take them out to lunch and, and paint the picture of why to sign Peter Alonzo and what you could do as a New York City, you know, franchise that is not a small market team? I don't get it. Yeah, but, I don't get it. Rob, I, I think – thanks for the call. I appreciate all the confidence there. But I think he does get it. I mean, he has said – at every juncture that he loves New York, his family loves New York. He wants to be here. He wants to play. And it's just, it's the Mets that are digging their heels in, which I'm still trying to figure out why, you know? I, I don't think it's on the behalf of Pete Alonso. I, I think if it was up to Pete Alonso, he would have been signed last year with the Mets long term. But, hey, I don't know him. And, I, you know, I'm not in these rooms. I'm not in these negotiations. Maybe there's something we don't know. But I'm just going on the press conference I watched yesterday, and I juxtaposed it with the press conference I watched on Tuesday from David Stearns. And the messaging that I got from both of them, my takeaway, is vastly different. So I'm also left with the question of what is the Mets' future? And why isn't a homegrown building block of that team not factored in to the future plans of this team? Not yet, anyway. Ke- uh, Kevin in Ocean City, New Jersey. You're up next on the fam. Hey, Danielle. Hi. Hi. I'm, I haven't talked to you in a while. How you been? I'm good. How are uh, you? Good. Well, listen, first of all, don't worry about it. Lives are going to be a mess. Don't worry about it. All right. That's, don't even worry about it. Okay. And, um, and another thing. The Mets are going to do a lot better than people think this year. Because we got something we haven't had in a long time, which is speed. And... um. We got young players with speed, which is new for us. We ha- we've always been a slow team, and that's going to manufacture runs, which is which is going to help our who though our, because um, Brett Beatty's not too swift. Well, I'm trying to go Acuna, around the diamond Acuna, here. Acuna's brother. Um, we, we got, he's, and, and he's, we, I mean, he's going to be on the opening day roster. You think? Well, look, speed is speed. If he if he's fast, he's going to play. And um, I don't know if he, he hits the ball. You know, play. well, well. We're going to be manufacturing runs, which we haven't been able to do. We've been a relatively slow team for a long time, All and that's right. going to make a big difference. I disagree, though, because you've got a bunch of slow guys. I mean, you do. Well, Alvarez that, is slow. Well, Alonzo's slow. Uh, Beatty's slow. Right. They're not going to be slow for long. You are. All right. We've got a lot of young players coming. And, and another thing, on another note, I saw this girl in Iowa. I play basketball. Caitlin Clark, huh? Okay. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I think the W. I think the WNBA. I don't know if they have the 
could they could have done it, but they should have had her on television more because um, she's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I mean, players like that don't come along too often. I know. That's the first time I really saw her in a whole game, and I, I, was, I, I was impressed. I love that. Kevin, I love that you she's tuned my, into that. She reminded me of Pistol Pete Maverick. I'm telling you, I saw the Maverick. <laughs> her style, her passing, everything. Yeah. I mean, she, she's she got it. Yep. You got it. And um, don't worry about it. Lonzo's not going nowhere. All right, Kevin, from your mouth to God's ears. I, 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 but I am worried about it. I am a worry wart. I'm a worrier. As I was sitting there, <laughs> um, Mom, should I go? Like, I'm sitting there. Like, should I go to Vegas or not? She was like, I don't know. You decide what's best for you. I'm like, I don't know what's best for me. So I am a worrier. I am worried about Pete Alonzo because, listen, the Mets, and, and you're taking the optimistic route here, I don't think they're going to be all that great this year. And if I have the opportunity as a free agent to go somewhere where I can win, I'm going to pick that team. I am. We go to Max in Brooklyn, New York. What's up, Max? Hey, Daniel. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, thanks for making it. I, I love your work, but I couldn't disagree with you more. That's okay. Let's do it respectfully and, and go ahead. Yeah, we absolutely will. If we agree that uh, Cohen is the richest owner in baseball. We do agree on that. Okay. And that all things equal, Pete would like to be here, right? Right. Then, and if you believe, as I think you suggested, he's going to have a monster year. Yes. Then at the end of the year, the Mets can match or top any other offer, just like the Yankees did with Judge. And frankly, just like the Yankees did with Jeter. There's no reason to sign him now. You'd just be incurring more luxury tax. Let Pete go be Pete. And at the end of the year, you can sign him. And if for whatever reason you decide not to, you decide not to. All right. right? How about this? How about Zach Wheeler? They let him go. They never circled back with him. He was waiting for the call. And he he became a Philly. That's what I'm like. The miscommunication. That's what I'm worried about. Feelings being hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I do. I do. And... But I think that Pete is more like Judge, not in terms of talent. But I think at the end of the day, the the, the Mets always have the trump card. And if I was going to be negative, and that's not the point of my call, Mm -hmm. I'll leave you with a trivia question. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. When was the last home run leader in Major League Baseball Mm -hmm. a member of a World Series winning team? If we agree that, that Pete's greatest talent is as a slugger, mm-hmm. and I want him, I did, please don't mistake me. Sure. But when, and, and I'm not buying into analytics, I'm just looking at baseball almanac. Okay. When was the last time a major league leader at Pomeranz won a World Series? Do you have the answer? Because I don't know. I, I do. Okay. Well, tell me. Uh, it was Teixeira. The Yankees? Yeah, tying at 39 home runs in 2009. Hmm. 39? And, That's it? Yeah. Yeah. And and all I'm saying is, I love Pete as a man, and I love him as a slugger. But at the end of the day, if you're Stearns, right, you take the holistic view, as people have said. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's a show-me year. But I think at the end of the year, if they want him, they're going to keep him. And if they don't, 
Yeah, they're, they're telling you what their preferences sure. are. Sure, and, and that's, so thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Max. And that's a good way to put it. It is. It's a logical way to put this. But I think of like like Pete as a. I think of Pete as a building block, right? So when I think of Pete Alonso in the Mets lineup as a building block, all right, it's to me, it's like all right, who else can we put around him that can match or you know almost match his production? Because he's never had that in the lineup. He hasn't. He's doing all of this as a standalone player with no protection in that lineup. So to me, I don't I don't see him as, you know, the piece. I see him as a building block to get the piece, whoever that may be, as crazy as that sounds. But to, if you now remove him from the Mets lineup, it's 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 barren. Tell me another guy that can hit home runs with consistency because there, there isn't one. It's not Lindor. I'm trying to think. It's not Nimmo. It's not McNeil. Maybe Alvarez. Maybe. In his second season, we'll see if, you know, if pitchers have caught up to him. We'll see. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Alonso's vital to this team. Absolutely vital to this team. Line two, we go to Jim in Edison, New Jersey. What's up, Jim? Hi, Daniel. It's an honor. Uh, my name is Jimmy Edison. Uh, you know, I try to get to, through to Joe uh, Benigno on Saturday. It's it's hard. Anyway, so you I call me instead? About... Am I the backup? Am I Plan B, Jim? <laughs> no, you're not. But uh, I listen to you guys all the time. Anyway, going forward, I've been a Giant fan for 65 years, mm-hmm. and. I go back to Charlie Connolly, quarterback, and them guys on a black and white TV. Sam Huff, Rosie Greer, Jim Patton, Jim Cat Cabbage, okay. Jimmy Lynch, and Majoleski. I watched all of them guys. 65 years. I love Eli Manning. What do you think going forward in 2024? the Giants can do to get some kind of a, uh, I don't know, in the playoffs or championship? What do you think? you think they uh, uh, should draft the quarterback or what? No, I think the Giants, and Jim, thanks for the call, I think the New York football Giants should not draft a quarterback because there is not a single quarterback that will succeed, no matter if you're whoever, Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Tom Brady behind that offensive line. If I'm the Giants, I need two things to come out of this draft offensively. I need an offensive lineman, and I need a wide receiver. Maybe wide receiver first, then offensive lineman, quite honestly. Depends. Depends on who's there and who's available to them at, 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 at wherever, you know, where they are in the draft and who takes what ahead of them and all that. But listen, I'm not taking a quarterback. There is not a single quarterback that can succeed behind this line. None. Zero. None. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to get aboard. Got to weigh in on this A-Rod jersey retirement as well. In addition to the Pete Alonzo talk, I mean, this whole as I sit here in the studio, there's a banner behind me, uh, A-Rod Day. Uh, I got some thoughts on it. Ultimately, for me, boils down to Alex Rodriguez's number 13 should not, not 
be retired by the Yankees. I'm Dana McCartan with you on the Fantasy Show. Our official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. My name is Daniel McCartan with you for, oh, just another about 90 minutes or so. Time to get your calls in at 877-337-6666. As Pete Alonzo and his recent comments yesterday have dominated the show, and and rightfully so. Um, The guy is, I don't know, um, a homegrown talent, a superstar in the league, a, a major part of the, the the major part of the Mets offense and he says just yesterday that the conversations between his his representation and the Mets did not go beyond just this upcoming season to me that's a fatal flaw by David Stearns before he, he, his manager even fills out a lineup card for even a spring training game no there should be no reason why at least the, the the line of communication should not be, you know, like a faucet, just opened. I don't know. It, to me, it's it's unfathomable. But uh, another thing we should address is this, this Alex Rodriguez jersey number hanging right here, zip tied to the to the. To the rafters here in the studio. Um, welcome back to the fan. By, by the way, my name is Daniel McCartan. Um, as we roll along to 6 p.m. Uh, we have to address this. You know, I'm glad that, you know, we, we retired the number here uh, at the home, radio home in New York Yankees, WFAN, because there is no way, none, zero, no way, the Yankees should retire number 13 in honor of Alex Rodriguez. Look, I love the guy. I love Alex Rodriguez as much as most people. Other people do, I think. Uh, for for I mean, look, he's an unselfish player. He is. He 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 changed his position at the major league level to accommodate Derek Jeter. He earned two of his three AL MVP awards in Yankee pinstripes. He was as a Yankee a seven-time All Star. He won a World Series here for crying out loud. Two thousand, the last one that the Yankees won. In 2009, Alex Rodriguez was the starting third baseman. He won here. But to retire his number is too much for two reasons, two big reasons. Number one, don't forget, Alex Rodriguez was suspended the entire 2014 season. Remember that whole biogenesis thing? Alex Rodriguez was like the face of it. Like, that 162-game suspension was actually reduced. Initially, it was 211. It was reduced down to 162. That's a big blemish, not only on him, not only on the Yankees, but on the sport, the, the league, the sport of baseball. That's a huge blemish. But I, I could even get past that. I I could even theoretically go past that. Alex Rodriguez, don't forget, he filed two lawsuits. Like, 
if you get past the full season suspension, which I can, I could look past that. Until you think of the fact that Alex Rodriguez filed a lawsuit against the league, a lawsuit against the Yankees team doctor, and that's kind of like the line for me. He filed a lawsuit against a team employee. He alleged malpractice. He alleged misdiagnosis of his hip injury. And then he ended up dropping the suit after something like a a year. I think it was almost a year at least of just dragging the Yankees through the ringer in the court of public opinion, casting doubt upon the guys in the locker room. Were they also taking steroids? Were they also using PEDs? I don't know. Were they? Were they not? Question is valid now. And Alex Rodriguez used PEDs. And he was the figurehead of that whole entire scandal. So I just don't understand how you can expect the Yankees then to just turn around and be like, hey, let's honor number 13. Let's put Alex Rodriguez's 13 alongside the greatest to play the game of baseball, never mind just on the Yankees. And I'll say it again. I love Alex Rodriguez. I do. I had his T-shirt when I was a kid. Got it at Models in in Edgewater, which is obviously no longer there. Like, okay, I had his jersey as as an adult. He was a great player, but it's okay to be a great player without having your jersey number retired. It's okay to be a great player without being enshrined in Monument Park next to guys like Ruth and Mantle and Yogi Berra and all of his World Series rings and and his service to our country. It's just too much for me. To retire 13 is too much for me. So I'm glad glad we did it here. I think this is as close as Alex Rodriguez is going to get. And I love him. I do. But for all of those reasons, I'm good. With 13 being out of Monument Park, at least for now, until the next big thing comes along. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. We go to Jim in Old Bridge. What's up, Jim? Hi. Um, talking about retired numbers. I never hear anybody bring up Mel Stottlemyre. Mm. He was a great pitcher, a great coach. Instrumental with uh, bringing Pettit up. I think his number should be retired. I mean, now we're going down like a rabbit hole here, right? I mean, five-time All-Star, I get it, you know, all that. Um, Sure, uh, fine, Jim. Let's put him out there, too. I mean, I I don't know. This is – I'm not going down the annals of history here. I mean, we're talking a current event that happened just the other day right here in the studio. Like, I'm I'm not opening up an encyclopedia here. I'm just not. You know, like, let's talk about this guy. Let's talk about that guy. As if we have any authority to actually do anything. You know what I'm saying? Let's not do that. We'll talk about the current event here. Sure, fine. But not, you know, the annals of of Yankee history going back to 1964, his rookie season, Mel Stoudemire's rookie season. I mean, okay, we got it. Uh, Let's go to line one. Kevin and Camden. What's up, Kevin? What's up, Coach? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, two things. One, I'll talk a little bit about the stadium series yesterday and then about the uh, All-Star weekend, mainly the Curry versus Sabrina Ionescu because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, that was definitely worthy of discussing. Yeah. I don't know if you discussed it yet, but I thought no, that was worthy of discussing. No, I haven't. 
You know what, Kevin? Um, I didn't I'll... get a chance to watch because I was at the game last night, the hockey game. With you know, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. Did you watch it? I watched the, the entire thing. And All right, what did you goodness, think? There was a time when I'm watching that, and she was shooting like the first rack. She was perfect. I mean, I'm like, she was, I'm like, she had a chance to win this, and she missed a couple, but I'm thinking, she got a chance to upset Curry, and I got to be honest with you, I was watching it with my dad, and we were pulling, and not only were we pulling for her, but the announcers of the NBA All-Star Week were pulling for her. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I was I was like, let's go to Ben, but then, you know, obviously Steph Curry, Steph Curry, and he wound up taking it the last, you know, he started making those money balls, and he wound up taking it at the end. But I, I was like, wow, there was a time when I thought she would win. It was phenomenal. You really? To watch that back, you should definitely watch that back. That yeah, I, I saw clips of it, you know, and, and you know what else, Kevin? And what goes really underrated is the fact that she shot from the, the men's three point line. That, that is another thing that stood out on my mind. Like, she could play in this league right now. And I, and I have an idea because it was, it was, that was so well last night. They should do a, a, a yearly thing. She, the men, I, I did see that she wants to. She said, I hope it's not the last one. They should do the men versus the woman. Like, this is oh, a yearly thing. I would cool. pay to see that because I, cool. after seeing those two go at it, I was like, yeah, that. that was something I really wanted to see. Okay, I know she shot from the, the men's arc. I do know that. Mm-hmm. Do you know, and did they say on the broadcast, did she use the women's size basketball or the she men's? Used the, she used the WNBA ball. She did. Okay, that's what I, that's yeah. what I was figuring. Okay, because yeah. there's a size difference, a weight difference. That's good. Yeah, no, no I, 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 still, I still thought it was phenomenal. And they should definitely do. Next year, the men versus the woman, because I would pay to see that. Oh, man. Um, get like, uh, who else can they get out there? Like, Courtney Vandersloot? I mean, you, you never know, but I mean, it, it, would, draw, it would draw right. It's an all-star weekend, for me, is, a, is, a, is kind of boring because the dunk contest has really gone downhill. I mean, it would get some good ratings in there. I yeah. would get some eyeballs on the product. Yeah, I, it definitely would, would. Which wouldn't hurt. Yep. And I got to talk about a little bit about the stadium series. I got to be honest with you. I, 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 couldn't root for the, I couldn't root for New Jersey. I. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, I, and the reason I don't like the Devils, and it's, it's kind of a ridiculous reason, and everybody gets on me, but I just, I don't know, the name, I just can't, like, I can't support them, that team with that name on it. And that's, I've just, I've never liked New Jersey for that reason. So mm. I had the root, I had the root, and I'm not a Flyers fan, but I had the root for the Flyers. But obviously they lost, but it was a good game, though. I really, and I loved, I loved the entrance when the, when New Jersey made their way in there. Yeah. I, that was, that was phenomenal. I just the entire the atmosphere was just awesome. So I just totally loved. I loved that too. So I watched both events, and I was just I was really into it. So those are my two points. And I'll talk about Pete Alonzo real quick about Alonzo. You gotta resign him because again, you talk about Wheeler. Yeah, Wheeler, Murphy, Strawberry guys that are leaving. I mean, it's historically that's what the Mets do. So they gotta bring him back. Yep, totally agree. Whatever with you. it takes to bring him back. Yep, totally agree. Thanks, coach. Yeah, thanks for the call there, Kevin. Um, so it's funny that he said that because of the name Devils. <laughs> As he said it, it reminded me of this. So, oh man, last night, last night, just it feels so long ago. Last night, um, this this girl Lexi and I were working together. She's with On New Jersey. It's a local sports network on the Roku network and online and all that. So it's a it's a it's a TV station. So we're working together uh, last night at at the stadium and. <laughs> She was like, we weren't together at one particular point, okay? And I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm just gonna go take a walk. I, you know what I mean? The, the press box, it, they had the windows closed. That they couldn't get like a sense of the crowd, you know. And that's, 
you know, doing my homework for you, of course. I was like, you know what, let me let me go take a walk around a little bit, but not around into the stands because that's not really allowed with a credential, no roaming. So I went through like kind of like the bowels of the of the stadium. And go down if I don't know, you go down an escalator and you go down to, you know, you're on the sixth floor where the press box is, you go down to floor one, which is like ground level. Okay, so I get out the elevator and I'm walking around, just slowly kind of trying to take it all in, listening for the crowd. I heard a couple goals, didn't see them, but I'm walking through and and all of a sudden, a golf cart pulls up. It's coming towards me, like you know, in the hallway underneath the stadium where you see the Giants players arriving, you know, and all that. And this golf cart is coming towards me, and I'm like, what? That's the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> the Jonas Brothers are on that golf cart. So the golf cart kind of comes to a slow stop and I'm kind of walking slowly towards it and Kevin was on there Joe was on there and uh, there wasn't any room for Nick you know because they performed last night of course and there wasn't any room for Nick so he was walking behind quickly behind the golf cart and I don't know what they were doing they were, I guess it, it was the green room right there and, and I was like oh my god the Jonas Brothers so I uh, I, I said the, to Joe I said because Joe had the jersey on. He was the only Jonas brother with the jersey on. And I said, Joe, who's your favorite devil? You know, they're from New Jersey. They grew up and shout out to Wyckoff, New Jersey, guys. So, But he has the jersey on. I'm like, Joe, who's your favorite devil? And he like, oh, he, I got him. I didn't mean to because he looked like he was a fan. And he was like, he was thinking, thinking. He could not come up with the name. I saw the wheels turning. And um, I wasn't recording or anything. Um, and he looked at me and he was like pointed and he was like Satan <laughs> and he like laughed and I was like, huh, yeah, funny. Uh, but I guess it was just funny. He was like, a, it was like a nervous laugh, I think, because he couldn't go up with something and he thought he was being witty and he kind of was. I wouldn't have thought of that. But uh, it's funny, Kevin, that you said that because it brought me to that. And anyway, um, I, I, I did. I, I asked the Jonas Brothers for uh, for uh, selfies. <clears throat> yes, I did. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, it was perfect. It was perfect timing. Like, I didn't try to do it. They were just there, and I've seen them now five or six times, so I'm a fan. I am, and so I did, and so thank you to uh, to Joe and, and Nick Jonas for uh, for hanging out with me for a couple seconds down there in the bowels of the stadium. But anyway, 877-337-6666. I don't know. Paul, should I post the pictures? Should I? Is that allowed? Are you going to be all right? All right, I might. Um, all right, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. We go to Ken in Manhattan. What's up there, Ken? Hey, Danielle, you do a great, great job, and I couldn't agree with you more about Alex Rodriguez. Thank you. I just want to talk to you about image for a second when it comes to these professional sport league oh, teams. Okay. Not limited to Major League Baseball, but Major League Baseball has had an image problem since the mid-'90s with Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and the PEDs, and they haven't really done anything to, the, to repair their image, and they may never recover from that. Never. But they're not the only ones. The National Football League has had issues with Colin Kaepernick and going back to, I think it was 2001, with Ray Lewis and the um, murder situation during the Super Bowl. Aaron and Hernandez, Ray Rice, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Correct, correct. It goes on and on and on and on. And the NBA has had its series of mishaps. The biggest one I remember is the fight in the stands with the Detroit Pistons. Yes. I forgot I forgot who they were playing. I don't know if it was 
if it was New Jersey or another team, but it was really, really bad. And with the exception of what I just saw. It was the Pacers. uh, Yeah, the Pacers. And with the exception of what I just saw with the players involved in that horrific alleged sexual assault from the Devils and some other teams, the National Hockey League, forgive the pun, has pretty much skated by with a better image compared to these other leagues. And I just, I, I don't know where it's going, but it's not a good situation with any of these leagues. They seem to be detached, and their only, their only interest is making money, and television drives the boat. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I mean, Ken, I don't know what I can add to that. I don't have a solution for it. I'm a solution-based host and, and a solution-based show, and, and I just, I don't have it. That's all. Sorry. Um, we got a score here at the intermission of Islanders 3, Rangers 1. First intermission, and by the way, the Islanders scored three goals in just three minutes and 14 seconds. And like, look down, and you missed and you missed one. And on top of that, some fun news if you're an Islander fan. What's that? UBS Arena will be hosting the 2026 NHL All-Star Game. Oh! How about that? Is that new news? Yeah, that just, that just broke. So in 2026, before, I believe, the... NHL players stop for a month or so to go to the Olympics because they're playing in the Olympics, which is great news. Best on best. We love it. 2026 NHL All-Star Game at UBS Arena. And so we will get all of the... All of the perks of the NHL All-Star Game. So that would be an absolute blast. I can't wait for that. Oh, my God. That's great news. All right, Paul. Let's go. Let's make some plans. Uh, We'll go. I'm going to talk to some dog show people. Maybe get some dogs on the ice, and we'll go from there. Did you see yesterday? We were All the people in the press box were laughing at it. I don't know what it looked like on TV, but... Like, uh, I don't know how to say it. Where where, um, the Aslight Anthem was performing. Sure. And that section of, like, the scenery. They had, like, people walking and riding bikes and walking dogs. And there were dogs, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. What did it look like on TV? Because everybody in the press box was laughing. It looked a little weird. It It looked It looked a little forced. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just a regular day. Here's a band. And here's, like, a few, like, dogs walking in front of said band. Yeah. It looked a little weird. Okay, because we were like, what the heck? How do, how do these people get cast for that? What are they doing? And there were people, like, just jogging, you know? It was a little weird. I know they were going for, like, the park The park, scene. they were going for park vibe. Yeah, but it was a little weird. Uh, 877-337-6666. Continuing the Alonzo conversation. And you know what? It is a little weird that they didn't breach the subject of an extension just yet, including in this this winter meetings, this off season. Why not? I have no idea. Alex in Staten Island might be able to tell us. What's up, Alex? Hey, how you doing, Danielle? Big fan of the show, Thank fellow you. teacher here. I don't understand what's going on with Alonzo. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's the Mets. I fear that if he hits free agency, he's gone. That's what I think. Which is I why, mean, which is why it's so perplex, perplexing it to me that the Mets wouldn't want to sign him like like the Braves do with their talent, so that they don't exactly. get to taste free agency. I think it's. I have a theory. I think Daniel Stearns. David Stearns. David, uh, Daniel Stearns has been on the, put on the. A leash from um, Cohen because of the contract he's paying off. I think next year when the players come up, that's when the money bag comes back. You know what? It's just and, and it so okay. So if Pete Alonso does you know get courted and fall in love with the process and end up somewhere else, it, it's a big it, it's a big blemish. Big if. 
right? But it's 100%. a big blemish to say, well, you know what? 100%. You know, we, we, we decided to, to zip up the wallet for, for a guy like Pete Alonso because we didn't have enough money. You know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't look good. doesn't sound good. doesn't look good. Yeah. No, and also, I just want to add one thing about what's going on with baseball, if you have a second. Sure. Is the contract that L.A. signed yeah. with those two players, if baseball doesn't stop this, this whole deferring of money, yes, you're going to see this. Oh, I guarantee you, the Yankees want Soto, they're going to defer almost on that contract. Yeah, you know what, Alex, and, and you're, you're probably not wrong, you know, and, and it's something we talked about when the Otani deal went down. I don't, I don't know if you were tuned in or not, but I, I did a couple hours on that, and people were fired up about it, and that's deferred money. It, they they have to put a stop to it. Like like the league, the owners have to put a stop yeah. to the deferred money because it is going to destroy this league. It's going to destroy the game. But thank you very much. Yeah, good good points there, Alex. Yeah, I mean, listen. If the Yankees did it, I would have the same perspective. If the Mets did it, I would have the same perspective. It's not because the Dodgers did it. Deferred money is is going to destroy baseball. Because at that point, it's almost like it's like it's like monopoly money. You can give out as much as you want on the back end. And say if you're like the Dodgers and hey, like, oh, it's not gonna work out, let me just sell the team. I've I've already turned a profit on the team. It's not gonna work out. I'm not I don't have to fix the mess that I put this team in. So I can foresee it happening. I, I am not a fan whatsoever of the deferred money. You know, honor the con, pay the contracts as they come, year by year. Let's not defer it. You know, it's it's stupid for the long term health of, of the league. Then you're going to see all the like the big market teams, except for the Mets, because they don't seem to do anything. Their phones are disconnected over there. But you got then you'll have the Yankees, you'll have the Dodgers, you'll even have the Astros. Just Taking these players, plucking them, the best players of the league, cherry-picking them, and figuring out deferred money situations where they can manipulate the league. Parity, be damned. It's not a good thing. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. Let's go Daniel in Montclair, New Jersey. Hey, Daniel. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I have a little... I have a little bit of laryngitis today. Okay. Oh, good. Probably because I've been screaming about Alonso for the last, I don't know how long. Yeah. Um, it, it's amazing to me how few people are calling the Mets out on this. Um, I'm and, doing and, it. So, I just raised my hand. I, I'm I, doing it. I, I was just about to say, yeah. you are so, it's such a welcome, so welcome to hear. There's something, there's some missing link in all of this. Mm-hmm. And I think, what you know when when Cohen decided kind of on a you know just on a whim almost spur of the moment to try to get Correa, I think in a strange way his decision last year to sort of do an about face on Scherzer and Verlander and the way they were building, though it sounds like they were going to a new plan and now they were going to do things methodically. In a funny way, it almost feels as herky-jerky as the Correa thing in a different way. You, you um, follow what I'm saying? Yeah, and you know what? And, and Daniel, thanks for the call there. And I kind of touched on it before because I even said it last summer. I was like, this turnover like on the roster, this turnover in the manager's office, this turnover in the general manager's office is not a good thing. It's not a welcome thing. There's a lot of turmoil over there in Queens. 
and I'm not sure how that, you know, how attractive that is to the rest of the league, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I just think the turnover and the instability has something also to do with this and factors in also somehow. And 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 there's I think there's something more there's something to it, for sure. Um, before we hit the break here, it is another power play goal for the Islanders. It was Andrews Lee with the the little tap in misdirection and right in front of the goal, right in front of Shesterkin. We've got to score a four to one, four to one Islanders over the Rangers, over there at the Meadowlands. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Final hour of my show. We could probably shift this into Danielle at dinner time. Looking out the window here in the studio at five o'clock, and the sun is still up. Summer is coming. Summer is coming. And as of course, as I turned around to look out the window, power play goal. There were like fifty seconds left on the power play. Was it Panarin, Paul, that that got that in there? I was looking out the window. Panarin scores. The score now is four to two, in an exciting game at the Meadowlands. The second exciting game in two days. I love outdoor hockey. I, I love it. And you know what? I was actually um I was actually credentialed to go to today's game too, between the Rangers and the Islanders. I know I was there last night, but um I was also asked to do this shift and be here with you. So it it was a tough decision to not go to the Rangers Islanders game. It was, but this is didn't here now with you is it's definitely where I wanna be. Like talking with you on the iconic WFAN, like what's better? And and also too, I got the full experience in last night's stadium series. I, I got it. So, you know, to to go twice, it's excellent. It's really cool. But I'd rather work five five hours with you here uh, on the radio. So, just something. I mean, last night, I, I, I actually it was my first hockey game I was ever credentialed for. Actually, um, but I don't know if it's a hockey thing, but the press box was like the loudest I've ever been in. Like. No cheering, obviously, because there's no fans allowed with a media credential, but just people talking like loudly. Like, it wasn't like when I was working, when I was there with the Giants, it was like you could hear a pin drop. People were whispering to each other. Like, this was not that. <laughs> this was like, I don't know. It's just loud. I don't know. But I think because I say that to say this because I think I heard the announcer say it was the 14th stadium series game last night. And then today is the 15th stadium series game. I, I think that's – but, I, I, again, I couldn't hear it all the way. Um, but I could be wrong. I don't know. But that, I, that's what I heard. I, that is what I heard. Whether it's right or wrong, I'm not sure. But I, I know, like, too, like, among hockey circles, you know, like, pe- like diehard hockey fans, like, tend to hate on the stadium series. And, I don't know, I guess – you know, maybe there's a little truth to it. I mean, it could be seen as gimmicky. I get that. Um, you know, if, you, if you're if you watching it on TV, you watched it last night, I mean, you'll notice that on the entire, like, 
floor of the football field, there are no fans. There's nobody up against banging against the glass. Like, like the fans are in the football seats. So I'm wondering if there's a way where they can, well, I don't know. It would probably be VIP anyway. But I was going to say put put some seats on the on the ground. I don't know. Um, but I, I could see where you can kind of say like, hey, yeah, it, the thing's, it's it's gimmicky, you know. Um, I know I, I saw on, on the internet that in this particular game, because of the sun glare, they're switching sides. You know, they're, they're, they're making sure each of – so there are other elements that you have to deal with. Of course, there was snow yesterday, a little bit, two or three inches of snow, of course, but I get it. But let me tell you something. You could feel the energy – as you were driving through the parking lot, MetLife yesterday, and I'm sure today again, but I was there yesterday, so I can talk from that experience. But you could just feel it. I mean, it was it was it was electric. People in in it at the time it was 19 degree weather with a steady wind. The wind's the worst part. The cold you could I guess deal with, but the wind. It was a steady wind. People were tailgating all over the place. Kids are playing street hockey in the parking lot. I mean, giving the weather and all of it considered inside the stadium was, was I don't know, I, I never really felt anything like it. It felt like, though, and it sounded like, to me, it sounded like a devil's home game from my vantage point. And that was something I kind of went in there looking to gauge. And I was like, all right. What's the crowd split going to be? I saw a lot of red. And anytime the devil scored, which was often, uh, the crowd went nuts. So it was definitely a devil's crowd. Um, and, and again, I just loved the little touch. Um, I thought it was well thought out, you know, the whole thing. But I, I just loved the little touch of having those guys from Wyckoff, New Jersey, the Jonas Brothers, performing. And... I know a lot of men are not into the Jonas Brothers, but you know what? Girls are. And I think if I had to guess, I I think that was a conscious decision by the NHL to have them there, to draw on the female demographic, both actually to the stadium and to the TV sets. But either way, I don't care. I loved it. And like I said, I think it might have been – I got to count, but I think maybe the fourth or fifth time or maybe sixth time that I've seen the Jonas Brothers, and that counts, by the way. And um, I got to say this, too, because we watched – because like I said before, inside the, the windows were not open, so you couldn't really hear it, anything too all too great. So we walked outside the press box and right, kind of like we were on our tippy toes looking over the railing uh, to, through the back of the stage. And um, I got to say this. We were out there for all of one song, right? One. And I felt a tap on my shoulder, on my left shoulder. I got a tap on my shoulder. And I turned around. And guess who it was? It was one of my students. One of my students, Ronnie. His name is Ronnie. Shout out to Ronnie. Shout out to Ronnie's dad. Um, but that was pretty cool. I mean, they were sitting just like, I don't know seven seats over from from where we were standing, literally on our tippy toes trying to watch the Jonas Brothers. And um, I don't know, it just, Ronnie's, the kid, he's he's such a big hockey fan. He comes to school, you know, devil stuff all the time. He comes in his own jersey too. He's got his last name. I'm not going to say it on the back. I think he wears number 30. I think it is because he's a goalie. 
His favorite player is Bartan Brodor. And he, I'm telling you, this kid is a diehard. So I don't know. That, that was kind of that was kind of cool, actually. He's a good kid. So it was all right seeing him. And, and I was there with the media credentials. So it's all good. All on the up and up. Um, but he, his, they were talking about him and his father were talking about how they saw a U-Haul truck filled with liquor with the, the back door wide open in, in the tailgate. I'm like, what? You saw what? <laughs> um, and me, Paul and I were talking before, too, the jersey designs. I just think, I, I think they're good. I, I, the jersey designs for this, I mean, we've seen, you know, across sports, disgusting jerseys, you know. But these four, I, I mean, I like the Devils the best because, I don't know, I just like how it's like they're like the cleanest. Like they were black and they were red. No frills. And then when they announced it on social media, they were like, you know, I think the quote was, this is Jersey. We get straight to the point. So I think it kind of like encapsulated, like there's a story behind it. And I like those kind. Um, but I, I would say a very close second are the Rangers jerseys. Um, I, I also think they're pretty cool looking. Clean, you know. Um, I then probably would go Islanders. I just, the Flyers were all right. They just, they weren't, to me, they weren't all that, you know, different. They didn't look too different. And these are supposed to be kind of special, you know. But anyway, I don't know if you heard, the Mets are um, expected to get a, 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 a City Connect jersey this year. Yep. The Mets, this season, City Connect. I am so happy the Yankees are not on that list. I hope they're never on that list. Um I don't know. I was just kind of trying to, you know, while we're on the topic of jerseys, like what what would a Mets City Connect jersey like look like? You know, I guess I could put it into an AI generator. But for me, if they're really going all in for it, I would I would suggest to do a play on like the Apple, like the home run Apple in center field, the big Apple in New York, obviously. So I'm envisioning and, and listen, it, this is if they're really going to go for it, maybe a brown or a green cap to represent like the stem or, or like the leaf of an apple uh, like then a uniform that's entirely red entirely red obviously to represent like the skin of the apple and um that's what I that's what I would suggest if I'm going all all in on on a Met City Connect jersey I mean too much probably but then again the Red Sox do wear yellow and blue in their City Connect jerseys so Obviously, the Red Sox are not yellow and blue. They're not called the Yellow Sox, clearly. But that's just to say if they're really going to go for it. But anyway, just a cool experience last night. I ran into Ken Danico in, in, a, in the bowels of the stadium. Good friend of the show. He's, he's, he's a great guy. Um, Martin Brodeur, speaking of. I, I was just walking. <laughs> I had just left the bathroom, and my hands were still wet, you know, because I couldn't get the paper towels out of the. <laughs> they were all jammed up in the thing. So I just took like a few little slivers, shards of them, and I kind of dried my hands and threw them out. Left the bathroom and face to face with Martin Brodeur. So I stuck my hand out and I was like, sorry, the paper, <laughs> they weren't, I just said, I lied. I said, there weren't any paper towels. I said, at least you know I washed them. And he laughed out loud. He's like, oh, nice to see you. Thank like, you too. It's cool. It was cool. I had a fun time. Anyway, 877-337-6666. Are you enjoying the NHL stadium series? Because I am all aboard. Like to the point where like they should they should be doing this here in our backyard every season. Every single season. I can't say enough good things about that game. 
Let's go to Douglas in the Bronx on line three. What's going on, Douglas? Good afternoon, Danielle, and congratulations. Four? Okay. So just to the listeners, I composed an annual oh. Super Bowl things preview. Okay, yeah. And I asked uh, several those in the, in the industry what the ratings might look like for each Super Bowl. All right. So the esteemed host, Danielle McCartan, oh, you yeah. were one, one of the contributors. I get about 35. This year I got 41. So, and I thank you. Thank you for participating. Hey. So, and thanks for last, following up because things get lost in the whole thing. So, yeah, thanks for continuing to follow up with that. I, actually, yeah, I was on the plane to Vegas when, when, you, uh, when we connected incredible. on this. Yeah. Oh, it's so incredible. So last year was the record at that time, 115.1. Uh, you guessed 125 million. Ah, okay. So the final figure was 123.7. So you and I'll give a shout out. Someone else also guessed 125. His name is Lou Dormilio. He used to work with Fox Sports Public Relations. So you both finished number one out of 41. Congratulations. Wow. I, Who else was in? Uh, Who else participated in there that, that people would know? Lori Rubinson. Ah, oh, Lori. How close was Lori? Paul, oh, she gets 128. Paul Rosenberg also participated. Pat Boyle. Oh, Paul, <laughs> he's here. Paul, what did you guess? What did Paul guess? I guess 150. 150? Oh. Which it was 150 if you count real stuff, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, he's, he's calling you out there, Douglas. What do you mean real stuff? The ratings company, we go by average minute per audience. Paul is referring to unique viewers, but no, I wasn't going by that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not counting the halftime show either. The, those couple million people that just popped in for Usher and then popped out. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, Pat Boyle was into it. Uh, Andrew Marshawn, and the, he used to be at the Post, now he's with Athletic. Um, all kinds of people in the industry. So again, thank you. Wow. Out of forty-one, wow! Wow! Fantastic. All right. Well, yeah. What do I win? Do I go to my trip to Disney World? I mean, what do I win here, Douglas? Well, if NFL execs are listening. Uh, hire Danielle to set the TV ad rate. Because <laughs> 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 last year you were tops of the WFAN group. Yeah. Of, uh, Congrats! So, yeah. Oh, well, Fantastic. So, I know nothing yeah. about any of that, but it's just they're just two really good guesses. But thanks. <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. So, you know, last night, I'll continue with the Super Bowl thought. Yeah. Last night, because I have several buddies in Iowa, after that contest with Sabrina and Steph, they texted me, Caitlin Clark would have beat Steph Curry. Oh, <laughs> stop. But I like that, though. I do like that. But, yeah. yeah. The challenge has been thrown. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, whether or not she enters the WNBA. I sh- even a- Douglas, right? I wouldn't do it if I were her. I, I, I'm yeah. making more money with my NIL deals than I would make as a WNBA rookie. I'm not doing it. Uh, this is big talk. This is big talk with my buddies. It's it's a 50-50. Don't write. I know. That's right. I, I, I heard, I, that's a big, it's a big poll uh, if she wants to stay at Iowa. It, agreed. So, all right. This question from the Super Bowl. Oh, I've been meaning to ask you because you are the biggest cross-section of huge Taylor Swift fan and huge sports fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your take on that scene where Travis Kelsey yells and gets belligerent at Andy Reid. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. How do, we not, how do we go a whole show and not talking about this part yet? Yeah. This, this is a big part because my, in my family, my cousin, we were talking over the past week. She's not a sports fan, but a huge Taylor Swift fan okay. and certainly has followed her exploits with Travis. So it's very familiar with 
that's been going on. She considers Travis Kelsey persona non grata since last Sunday because of that. But she's not a sports fan, uh, so that's that's the preface there. What's your yeah. take on that? Personally. Yeah, I have a friend, too, who asked me about it, and, she, and she's not a sports fan, but how I explained it was this. Like, I, when I play, I am an emotional player, right? And, and, and I know I'm good, especially, like, at softball, that's my sport. Like, I want to be on the field at all times. So where I think it stems from is the fact that he's an emotional player, A, and B, he was not on the field for what could have been a really momentous play in that game, and he was on the sideline. And I guess Andy Reid was one who tell, who told him to go stand on the sideline. So I, I understand the frustration level. I, I even understand the screaming because we've seen other guys like Odell Beckham do it. We've seen Tom Brady do it. And then, but right. the, the the line for me was, you don't put your hands on somebody else, especially uh, an older guy who is not expecting it. Is not in the best shape. Let me put that nicely. You and, and you are a physical specimen. You do not put your hands on somebody. And and the fact that it, if you look closely, he didn't even like once he like bumped him. He didn't even try to like kind of like catch him or, or corral him in any way. I mean, if he fell on the ground, Travis Kelsey wouldn't care. I don't think because he didn't he didn't make a move to to try to help him. You know, so that part yeah. I can't get behind. But I do understand the mentality of it, the athlete mentality of it. You just can't put your hands on somebody else. Yeah. So I, uh, now last Sunday, I was not particularly rooting for Kansas City. So upon seeing that scene, I was of the mindset, Travis, you got the whole world in a string. What are you so mad about? I mean, that's the, but at the same time. Well, he's a competitor. Yeah. You're, the, yeah, you're an athlete, right? You're an athlete and you're in the throes of competition, right? So yeah. it's, it's a different, uh, you're uh, in competition mode where it's, not uh not well, you hope not it's not the real world but right it's it's the emotion of not being included in the play i mean i'm also of this notion you know the running back pacheco he fumbled that play that he was yelling about mm-hmm. so regardless i don't know if his involvement in the play would have mattered in, yeah. in that it was in that play call but, but uh, certainly he thought so he thought so right he, he definitely mm-hmm. thought so but you know i was watching the today show the, the following morning yeah and he, Oda Kotti was saying, oh, my young daughter, she was alarmed. Like yeah. this. So, and I, it makes sense because if you're not into or a regular watcher of sports, right. that kind of uh, belligerence or yeah. that kind of uh, aggressive uh, outburst might be alarming. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I get that side. I do. But yes, I think when it gets physical, that's when it gets uh, a little bit over the line. Yeah, right there. It, too much. I mean, you could do other things. To, I mean, throw your helmet. Like you could do other things. Throw the iPads, but do don't do that to your coach. You know, don't don't. Right. That's, that's, that's a no go. It's a hard no go for me. Hey. Yes. Um. But uh, so yeah. And uh, one other note too. Um. I too. I I'm I'm think. Yeah. This should be. Uh. This should go do this NHL thing at various stadiums. I mean, I'm sure. Well, yeah, uh, they do, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, they did one in, uh, what do you call Um, Let me say. Uh, it was, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, the City Field, right? The City Field one? City they, Field. Did they do the stadium series at City Field? I, believe, I think or? they did, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they did, yes. Right, yeah. So, that's all three. Okay. Yeah. But I'm glad you, I'm glad you went last night. 
seems like you had a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, Douglas. I, I, I did. I really appreciate that. And I am the winner of the Douglas ratings battle for uh, super, in the Super Bowl for viewing. He does it every year. And, and, and this year I was just, I told you, I was sitting at long-term parking at Newark Airport deciding if I was going to get on the plane or not. Uh, um, but I'm very glad I did. And uh, speaking of tight ends, um, in, in my networking that I did, um, I ended up networking with isn't it Gordy Gronkowski, uh, the brother of Rob Gronkowski. And um, he actually ended up inviting me to the Gronk Beach Party. <laughs> like the, So that was Friday I ran into Gordy and you know, interviewed him, the whole thing, talked about how they're building gyms and inclusive gyms and all that, which is, which is cool. It's really good stuff. But at the, he, he, after it was over, he was like, hey, uh... You want to get on my? You want to get on my list? Uh, we'll go to go to the Gronk party. I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was on Gordy's list. It's a true story, and it came down. I have pictures and everything. That was uh, so. It was a little a little bit of play mixed in with with yeah, you know, with the work. Uh, but yeah, I was at the Gronk beach party with um, Brandon Spikes, hanging out with Brandon Spikes. I saw Johnny Damon there. Johnny Damon, for the record, had on both his Yankees World Series ring and his Boston Red Sox World Series ring. And as he was walking by, I was like, hey, and he showed me them. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to see that one. Get, let me see that one. And he held it up, the Yankees 2009 ring. And uh, Joey Fatone, Joey Fatone was also there. I don't know. That was cool. I mean, I'm a huge NSYNC fan, so I was like, was not expecting him to be, any of them to be there. And I was like, Joey? And he was like, hey. So that, that was cool, too. But the Gronk Beach Party is a wild scene. It was fun. It was at the the Encore, the Encore Beach Club, which, like, 24 hours later, Taylor Swift is there with Travis Kelsey in the same exact spot I was standing in, pretty much. So that was pretty cool. Anyway, 877-337-6666. Paul, do we got to go take a break here? Yeah, okay, so you gave me the break sign. All right, so um, I- I'm kind of curious to see what um, – this look, I mean, I know I'm looking at the game on TV, but I'm not hearing it on TV. So, what what did this stadium series look like from home? You know, from the couch. And I also, um, I want to take you inside the Devils' locker room from uh, after last night's game, and they were using the Giants' locker room, so Devils slash Giants' locker room. So, a couple things from that um, as we roll towards six o'clock. My name is Daniel McCartan with you on the fan. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. Welcome back into WFAN New York City. My name is Danielle McCartan. Finishing up the hour five of a five-hour show. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world right now than talking with you. I'm trying to get the attendance. I don't think they have announced it yet at the at the Stadium Series game today, right now. Uh, Trocheck, by the way, uh, during the, the commercial break, the score is now 4-3. Vincent Trocheck. Uh, Actually, was credited for the Panarin goal earlier, which I obviously don't know. So Paul told me that um, doing a show. So uh, that was technically his second goal of the afternoon with 30 seconds left in the second period. Scores Islanders four, 
Rangers three. Islanders are dominating the face-off circle, but here come the Rangers, right? A little bit of momentum going into the third. We'll see what happens. So the official paid attendance last night at MetLife Stadium was exactly 70,238 people. And as we were talking about before, that's kind of really astounding because hockey is coming on in our area. It's I love it. I think it's a great thing to see. And I think really it has to do, it correlates with how terrible our football teams are, honestly. So I think people are just numb to the losing. They're trying to turn on something else. And and as we talked about, all three of our teams here in this area are pretty good. So in terms of being there at last night's game, like I think I was trying to think like, how could I, how could I, you know, kind of take the, my listener, like bring the content. Right, Ralph? Bring the content back from the game. So I'm going to take you a little bit behind the scenes. Um, and for the full package, you can watch it on onnj.com and the onnj Roku channel, uh, I think starting on Tuesday. But here are some snippets from the night. Obviously, I was standing in position for the player arrivals. Obviously. And we were kind of... uh not in the the perfect spot because we didn't know exactly, you know, where to go. We didn't know exactly, but we ended up figuring it out because we're we're standing in the bowels of the stadium, and we saw a bunch of guys walking towards us wearing um like sweatsuits, and I was confused for a second because I wasn't sure if that was like the actual players or just because there were a lot of things going on. There were, you know, like. Uh, Adult league teams that were had uniforms on and all that. So I said, hey, what are you guys? One of the, I don't know who it was, but one of the flyers was like, Rocky. I was like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. So as each of the players are kind of walking by us, I was like, Adrian. And they were laughing and stuff. And I, I said uh, to the one, I said, hey, you need like a, like a, like a boombox motion? Like, you guys need the music, like a Eye of the Tiger music, you know? He laughed and he said, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Devils came in dressed as Guidos, which, I mean, was crazy. It, they had all kinds of tracksuits on. I'm sure you saw it. I, I posted it on my social media if you didn't. but um, And then I wanted to talk about today, too. The Rangers were on their way in wearing the – this was cool. The jerseys of – you know how the FDNY and the N- N- NYPD do the, the hockey game every year? Well, the Rangers walked in with either – the FDNY member or the NYPD member, like wearing that guy's jersey. So, like, make his advantage. I wasn't wearing number ninety three on the Rangers. He was wearing the number of the firefighter or the police officer's jersey, and they walked in together, which I thought was even cooler. So that was a nice touch. And then the Islanders came in police cars. They came in fire trucks, not buses. That was cool. Um, from just a, a multitude of different fire departments on Long Island, East Meadow, Colmac, Greenlawn, which, I don't know, I, I love the salute to to the uh, men and women in blue. I just love that. So I think on all accounts, very well done, very well thought out, and very true to our area, if that makes sense. So um, I, I, I obviously raised – I'm not going to go to a press conference and not raise my hand, right? So I went to the press conference um, – 
whichever one it was, that's our timing. And we walked in and it was, it was Tyler Toffoli and, and Timo Meyer. That was that press conference. So cool. So I, I asked them about their, their get up and their, their entrance uh, outfits. And, and here's what they said. Daniel McCart from WFAN. One more question on the outfits. We saw the cappuccino mugs. We saw the Italian horn necklaces. Uh, the backstory behind it. What were the other options potentially? I think the, the, the cappuccino is what, today or this morning? Or yeah, we, we just came up with the espresso. So, uh, yeah, I, think it was, I think it was literally like yesterday or this morning. Yeah, yeah. So that was very spontaneous. And I think it's uh, it's really fitting. And I love love my good espresso. So kind of how it worked out. I think we had um, the other kind of majority vote was uh, the iconic uh, Bruce with the red hat in the back pocket. So we had some pretty good options. And Tyler, uh, Pablo Italiano. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, I wish, but no. But Toffoli, the last name of Toffoli, I mean, maybe there was a shot. There was a shot that he speaks Italian. But um, that that was, I thought that was interesting. Like, they were either going to go with the, the Guido look or they were going to go with the Bruce Springsteen look. Paul, what do you think? I, I think I like the Guido look better. Um, I would have preferred Bruce. That's just me, though. That's just me. That, that, that That's my thought. I, I would have preferred Bruce. All dressed the same, though? I guess the other the they flyers all are dressed the, the same, same too in different color sw- suits, right? In, in different yeah, some, color sweats. Yeah, some went all out with the fila and the <laughs> with the gold chains. Yeah, no, it, it it was solid. I thought the probably the best one out of the four because obviously the two today, the uh, Rangers walked and Isles walked in with FTNY where the the Rocky getup from Philly was tremendous. I liked that too, but they were missing the music. They they should have had music with him. That's all. It was cool though. I, I all of it was well thought out. Um, but anyway, a- after the game, I ended up going into um, the Devils locker room, and um, I didn't go into that post game press conference. Just the locker room was was enough because I talked with uh, both Brandon Smith, he scored the Devils' third goal, and I talked with, of course, Eric Howla. And um, you know, my main focus was not about X's and O's, you know, because I think a lot of time, like I try to set myself apart a little bit in press conferences, so. My focus was, and they were asking him X's and O's, and I was like, oh, man, you could ask that any night. Let's ask them, let me ask them about about playing in the stadium in this in this unique game. Like, they could, this could be the only time they've ever played in it in their lives. So, um, Paul, let's, let's, and they're very short clips. So, so I asked two questions each. So let's, uh, let's do Eric Howla first. Go ahead, Paul. Nice to you. Um, congratulations on the big win. Thank you. Um, was the stadium series everything you thought it would be? Uh, probably even more. Um, you know, I played in one, and, and that was special in a way because it was at my own uh, university I went to. But um, that many people, and, and uh, I, I, I thought it was a remarkable event with the Jonas Brothers and presentation, everything, the crowd. Um, it was awesome. And now after after the win, it feels even better. Feel in the press box. It, you know, we didn't have access to like hearing what was going on. It sounded like a Devils home crowd. What did it sound like on the ice? Yeah, it's hard to describe honestly what it sounds like when you're on the ice. Like I said earlier, like you're in that small rink and people are kind of far away and and, um, and everything's kind of with a delay and, and can't hear anything. You just hear hear voices, uh, basically people yelling, and, and so it's it's definitely a completely different vibe than being in a in an arena inside. And kind of, but uh, but it's just a great turnout and, and uh, really fun. And uh, you know what? As we were standing in the tunnel, too, he talked about the Jonas Brothers, which I was surprised that Eric Howell was talking about the Jonas Brothers. But um, Nate Bastian, he came out of the locker room. He kind of poked his head out, and he looked at me and Lexi, and he was like, hey, uh, are the Jonas Brothers out yet? 
And I was like, no, not yet. He's like, okay. Then like five minutes later, he came back out. He's wearing shorts and flip-flops with no socks on. He came back out. He's like, are they out yet? We were like, no, not yet. He's like, all right. And then he came out. So there's Nate Bastian asking us if the Jonas Brothers are out, which I thought was kind of cool. But then he, if you notice, when he, after he, he, he scored, he did the Tommy DeVito hands, you know, the pinched fingers. And um, after the game, he was like, normally guys who score every 15 games don't pre-plan goal celebrations, but I heard Tommy DeVito was going to be here. so And that's why I did it. I thought that was cool, really leaning into it. But I thought Tommy DeVito was going to be there and a bunch of Giants and Jets, but apparently today was the day for that. So, no, what are you going to do? Um, but Eric Howell was great. I just I loved the, I don't know, I kind of like the Brendan Smith answer better because he scored. So I asked him what it's like to score in front of 70,000 people. Paul, roll it. Uh, I, I still got to kind of think about it right now. I, when I see my family and uh, kind of break it down later, that'll be a, a good moment. But uh, right now it's just exciting to get the two points um, and then the individual st- uh, stats you'll think about a little bit later with the family. But uh, right now I was just excited to, to win them with the boys and see the, the smiles and to see the performances that a lot of guys did in this room, I thought it was it was fantastic. And they they, they brought it. They they were chippy. They were hard, um, and uh, they were crashing the net. So uh, it was it was good. It was good all around game. Was playing in the stadium series everything you thought it would be? Everything. Yeah, that's 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 how we want it. We want that two points. We want to have a lot of fun. We want to have the day with our family yesterday. Um, yeah, check. <laughs> yeah, check. Like you know, check check it off the list of things to do. Um, and but you know what you gotta like that it, it, you gotta see the video because his whole face lit up and he was like real excited and I mean that's seventy thousand people they're used to playing with like you know the full house at Prudential Center is what twenty something so with that I mean you're looking I'm looking at the standings right now obviously pending the the result of this game but right now the Devils find themselves in in, in fourth place in the Metropolitan Division they've they're slowly climbing up it was a huge win huge win. Uh, over the Flyers, because not only did the Devils, you know, the, the two points are huge in, in, in climbing up these standings. So they're they're only now five behind. They're five behind the Flyers. Um, maybe you're hoping for the Islanders to pull this one off. Maybe. I don't know. But because the Rangers is just so far ahead in the Metropolitan. But you got to love, like, yeah, the indi- I asked individual questions, like, twice. And both times he went back to team first. It was the team getting the points, playing as a team. So, that was pretty cool. So I don't know. It was it was fun. It was a fun experience. Um, the, the Devils want me around more. So let's let's see if we can make that happen. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the phone number to call. Let's come back. Let's put a nice little bow on it because we've got CeeLo coming in at six. So you're in great hands. So my name is Daniel McCartan. With you till six, CeeLo comes your way then. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Daniel McCartan. Uh, Work until six o'clock. On this Sunday, thank you for making me and Paul Rosenberg part of your Sunday. CeeLo is going to come your way at 6 o'clock and take you the rest of the way. So you're in great hands. Um, you know the number, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to get a bro- uh, get aboard. Um, we've been talking pretty much all day about Pete Alonso, and the only reason why being that he did talk yesterday. And, you know, it was a live stream. I caught it while I was eating lunch yesterday, and I was like, ooh, Pete Alonso. And it kind of shaped 
the entire show today. And basically, the treatment of Pete Alonso is just so egregiously bad, in my opinion. Like, I, David Stearns, I think, really screwed this one up. Uh, is it the money? Is it the fact that he's only a first baseman, air quotes on there? Maybe they have no long-term plans for him anyway. I mean, but I don't know. It's just, for me... In my heart of hearts, I, I do think that not negotiating with him like preemptively is going to come back and bite them. Listen, the Yankees have a vacancy at first base next season. Uh, uh, Rizzo is going to be a free agent. Alonzo would be a perfect fit. Right? So I, I think they're making a mistake by letting Alonzo test the waters of free agency. What say you? 877-337-6666. Oh, ciao, Mario. Mario in Long Beach. What's going on? Ciao, ciao. Come sa? Ah, bene, bene, tu. Good, good. Did okay, you like my so... question to Toffoli? Asked him if he spoke Italian. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> so listen, uh, the Scherzer thing, as you know, I'm a retired banker. So I, I look at the numbers a lot. I, Scherzer, I mean, uh, I mean the uh, Alonzo uh-huh. situation we've been talking about all day. You know, the thing is, I think what they're doing, it may be similar to Judge, because right now they're over the salary cap by $14 million. He has to pay $4.2 million in luxury tax. Last year, he had to pay $100 million in luxury tax. Mm-hmm. So he's got shares of $30 million in Verlander, 25 on the books this year. That comes off. Yep. So if we pulls what happened with, uh, with, with uh, of course, you're taking a chance that he goes elsewhere. Right. But if you pull what happens with Judge, you're going to have a lot of money next year, and he may be able to re-sign him without paying luxury tax. I think that's what might be on Cohen's mind, because I know what the way these guys think. They don't want to just keep on writing luxury tax checks if they think there's another way around it. Right. What do you think about that? I do. I, I, I think you're right on it, and, and, and yes, considered that, right? But uh, to me... The Mets are not an attractive destination. So to allow Pete Alonso to go ahead and test the free agency waters, I mean, he's going to have teams lining up for him. I wouldn't do it. I would eat the luxury tax. I mean, Steve Cohen's made of money anyway. Why would you cut corners on, 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 a, on a homegrown guy? Yeah, well, it's not 100% sure he'll sign this year anyway. He might want to hit the free agent market, too. He might. Right? He might. Yeah. He might he might feel like you know and and I don't understand why I mean he's a he's an excellent player he's a little bit one dimensional to your point earlier I think his fielding he's getting a little bit better but yeah. also he's a little immature too I mean he's not the most mature guy too some of the things that he's done off the court and off the court off the field et cetera like what and, oh you know like when he was whatever he was doing to the railing that that nonsense that they started throwing at him remember he was doing a a dirty move to the railing after the pitcher after he had Homer you don't remember that one. Oh, and then that, that's when he got plunked? Yeah, and then he got plunked. Uh-huh. And I, I don't see his players going to bat for him either. I didn't you know? see his manager going to bat for him last year either. He, or his players, you know, both of them. Right, you, you're 100% right. So at the end of the day, I think that maybe they'll pull it. I mean, look, they took a chance with Judge. The same thing you, you're saying about Alonzo uh-huh. could have happened with Judge. Uh-huh. Look at the people could have went for Judge, but Judge came back, right? Yep, he did. So he, you don't know, but uh, your point is well taken. Nice speaking to you. When, when, when are you going to be on again? I'll uh, be Saturday, 5 p.m. to like 7, eight, whenever the Nets start. So 7.30. I'll talk to you then, and then we'll talk some basketball. Okay? All right, let's do it, Mario. Ciao. Have a good one. Ciao. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I know. I get it. I, I look at the numbers. I, I get it. I understand it. I Just for me, I wouldn't want my, the face of my franchise to go ahead and test the free agent waters. And I know the Yankees did it. Um with Judge, but I wouldn't want the face of my franchise testing 
the free agent waters. And I, and I know Judge ended up coming back. I get it. But, I mean, is now the time we're going to cut corners with Alonzo? Seriously? On Alonzo, of all of all guys? Ray in Connecticut on line one. What's up, Ray? Danielle, I want to tell you that you are um, one of the most professional research, thinking out, plotting out people that appear on sports radio. Forget the fan. Wow. No offense intended. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Going to your, to what you were just talking with the other gentleman, what you actually want the Mets to do is be proactive. That's right. Okay. And in all sincerity, yes, the Yankees do still have Aaron Judge, but it cost them a hell of a lot more than That's it right. had to. That's right. And the reality of it is, is if, and I understand if, is the largest um, two-letter word in the English language, if yeah, the right. Mets are able to sign Alonzo after next season, mm -hmm. the cost is going to be substantial. That's right. Now, that's not why I called you. I called you to compliment you, which I did at the top. Okay, but you were talking about uh, young athletes approaching um, or, or physically encroaching upon older coaches. Well, someone asked about Travis Early, Kelsey. Or, okay, give me, give me, please, no, 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 please I just want to clarify. I know, no, Ray, just for anybody that's just jumping in the car right now, someone called, asked about what I thought about Travis Kelsey and his coach, and has nothing to do with age. For me, it was the no, fact that the player put his uh, hands on his coach. That's, okay, that was so, the lie. Uh, okay, uh, okay, that's your, 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 I completely agree with you. Okay. However, you also earlier in the day, because I do listen to you, mm -hmm. were talking about whether or no Alex Rodriguez should have his number 13 retired by the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Can I just observe, okay, as someone who's listening, that it's ironic, to say the very least, to remind you that Alex Rodriguez, okay, put Don Zimmer down. Mm. Wasn't that uh, Pedro Martinez? I think it was Alex Rodriguez. I don't, you know, Pedro Martinez it was Don Zimmer, Zimmer to the ground. If, I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It was Pedro. I, 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 don't, I don't have a problem with being wrong, but that's literally what got me to call you. Oh, well. Well, I'm glad you called, but no, no, it was no, that's not true. That's not true. I, I do call you. I don't call you often. You're really good at what you do. You know that, right? Thank and you. I'm sure that you're really good at what you do as a teacher. I'm sure that you're really good at what you do at being a coach. You're really good at what you do. Well, thanks, Ray. Appreciate that. <laughs> I, I take pride in that. I uh, sacrifice uh, a lot of my social life to take pride in doing and being all of those things. You're right. Um, but uh, it, it was for sure. I don't know where the co the correlation was going to be, but it, it was for sure Pedro Martinez, like one thousand percent Pedro Martinez, not a, a Rod. Anyway, uh, the uh, the closer, the closer of the night, I think it's going to be line two, Richard in Manhattan. What's going on? Hi, Daniel. You know, today's game was more important for the Islanders. So thank God they won the game or winning the game. Because if they lost today, they would have been out of it. You know, outdoor hockey is not so great on TV, you know. It's not that great. 
it, it, visually because there's no back, you know, the uh, sideboards or backboards. You're really not really focusing. It's hard enough to see a puck during a regular game. So, yeah. uh, as far as Cohen, what Cohen did on July 21st, he got rid of Robertson, the MVP of the team. Got rid of Scherzer after he went seven innings, three hits, and two runs against Washington. Uh-huh. And then gets rid of Verlander the next day. I've never seen that in New York. Yeah. I did not watch another Met game that year. I mean, I don't know what he did. I don't care what his machinations were as far as the farm system. As a fan, I'm only worried about me and watching the games at that period of time. And I did not watch another Met game after July 22nd and 23rd. If they're giving up on the season... Why the hell would I want to watch the Mets? Mm. I ain't going to watch them. Mm. And what he's doing now, he doesn't have a star. You know, if they don't sign Alonzo, this may be almost as big as when they did what they did to Tom Seaver. Really, almost as big. Yeah. So, I mean, this this will be such uh, publi- uh, bad publicity and. Uh, Oh, it's it's awful. He's got all the money. What does it lo- What does he lose by taking a calculated risk on a homegrown product who has I'm performed, who's you. gotten better defensively every year? Yep. All right, so he's not the greatest guy in the world. He's you know not well spoken like Judge. So what? He's a little out there, but so what? He's got a good heart. Yeah, he I've never heard him say anything negative about the Mets. He wants to be a Met. Yep. I mean, what more do you want? I know. When and- you own a team, you got to spend and. You may lose a few dollars here and there. Yep. You sign a guy to eight, nine years, maybe the last five are not that good. But you have to do it. You're doing this for the fans. Let me tell you, you have to do this for the fans. And let me tell you one more, one more thing, Daniel. I wish uh, Cashman would get on the air and say, fans, in the last 20 years since we've gotten A-Rod, 20 years ago we got A-Rod, we have not We've been in one World Series, one stinking World Series, not due to A-Rod's fault or anything, but one World Series in 20 years. That's as many World Series as the Mets, the White Sox, the Cubs, Kansas City, Arizona, uh, Colorado. Oh, Richard, don't, don't remind me. Don't remind me about that. The, this is the Yankees year, for sure. This is definitely the Yankees year. And you are right on about Pete Alonso. There is no reason, no reason. Why they can't take a chance on a homegrown guy. That's a great point by you, Richard. This is a guy who also does not wilt under the bright lights of New York City. Does not. And that is half the battle. Honestly, when you're, when you're trying to bring in free agents, what's the biggest question we talk about? Can he handle New York? Can this guy handle New York? Is he cut out for it? I mean, Giancarlo Stanton is. I mean, he has. He's, he's made his skin is made of Teflon. Guys like Sonny Gray didn't work out. A.J. Burnett didn't work out. Why would you try to bring someone in and run the risk of it not working out? You know Pete Alonso is going to do it. Get it done. Stop playing games. Stop playing hardball. Get it done. Well, thanks to all the callers. Could not, of course, done this without you today. Uh, And I love coming here and talking with you, of course. And if you missed any portion of today's show, you're going to hit the Odyssey Rewind feature on the free app. Select the start of the show, which was all the way back to 1 p.m. when the sun was still out. Great job to Paul Rosenberg behind the glass, to Pete McCarthy on the updates. And if we check in here, I think I might be able to catch the end of this Rangers-Islanders game on the way home. Score is 4-3, starting the third period. Beautiful. I will see you again Saturday, 5 p.m. until our Nets pregame coverage. In the meantime, it's at Coach McCartan across all social media. Chris Lepresti, CeeLo, next, right here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The
WFNU.